Hello, and welcome to episode 25 of Q&A Quest. Ah, uh, quarter centenarian. Yeah. yeah, we've made it. Somehow we've <laughs> made it to 25, I don't I don't know why. But thank you. I, I know why, because I keep yelling at you like once every couple weeks, I remember, wait, we should record an episode, <laughs> and you're like, oh yeah, we should record an episode. <laughs> could, but I could be playing The Division right now. I know, and guess what? If you weren't playing The Division, you'd be saying, I could be playing Destiny. And if you weren't playing Destiny, you could be saying, I could be playing Hearthstone. And guess what? You're probably playing Hearthstone right now. Oh, that's a good idea. I hate you uh, so much. I am your host, Wheels, a.k.a. Mike Apps, and with me as always... I'm David McBurney, a.k.a. Fanboymaster. And we have a guest. Oh, man. Hello. Introduce yourself, guest. I am Eric Kelly, and I do the podcast RP Grinders. I actually don't like taking credit for this, but it's true. But I pretty much plan the entire show. <laughs> I do most of the work out of everybody else. Nice. Man, we all split the work pretty evenly. Me, which the show probably wouldn't have made it past episode 400. <laughs> no, I mean, more like uh, 50. Nice. Wow. Oh. As we know, these things are are not all that easy to put together. I get the easy part because my job is to just shout about things and occasionally shout at wheels to make one. Yes. And edit, 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 edit. Yeah, I spent I spent like the last five days just ripping all of like ripping copies of all of my uh, PS2 RPGs and trying to see whether they emulate at all. The answer is most of them, kind of. Nice. Kind. of. <laughs> you get a, you get a lot of voice acting that sounds like it's being beamed through a slow moving fan. <laughs> nice. What kind of PC do you have? It's a it's fairly it's it's pretty beefy, but it's also running into the issue of like oh PS2 emulation is still very imprecise, and this needs to go through eight speed hacks, and then I didn't remember to turn one on. <laughs> I think the only game I've met decent at emulation. Is probably Dragon Quest Eight. Oh man! Like I, I didn't even bother ripping that because I'm just going to be playing the 3DS version until the end of time. Like I don't need that in my. Life. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. Like everything else, it's like, oh, this is like Wild Arms Three runs pretty well. Usually at a pretty good frame rate. Like that was that was kind of fun to play again. Cause like oh that's really that's the pinnacle of that series and that series i i was ripping wild arms 5 and it's proudly emblazoned itself as like oh this is the 10th anniversary wild arms game we're on wild arms 20th anniversary it's your how many games? <laughs> uh, i think that might actually be the first game i ever bought that had xseed's name on it i think it was one of their earlier projects oh nice i honestly can't remember the first game see, of theirs see i, I like the idea of four but Four had this issue where you couldn't move and attack at the same time, so that kind of ruined the game for me entirely. Aside from the whole platforming thing that they forced on you, <laughs> yeah, five five is very much in the mold of four. Yeah, it fixed that. Like five five was like four and five was them realizing that like the boom period where you could just be an average JRPG and sell was gone. <laughs> And them trying to carve out some sort of identity for the series, and ironically making games that were not as good as Wild Arms 3. 
Oh, oh apparently XC's very first game with Wild Arms for I guess the first game of theirs that I technically own is Shadow Hearts from the New World. I think the first game of theirs I bought was Valhalla Knights for PSP. Oh, that's a bad game. Which I swiftly regretted. There's like five of those, I think, and they're all bad. RP uh, Gamer really helped me in not touching that series at all. Yeah. I think Valhalla Knights and... I, I always get confused as to whether it's Valhalla Knights or Blade Dancer that has the bad Wii spinoff as well. Uh, Valhalla Knights. I, yeah. I, I, Blade Dancer is like just one game, I think. I, I, I swear there's two of them. I, I tried playing the Wii, for, the Wii uh, Valhalla Knights 2 for some, re- for some reason. There, there's Bl- Blade Dancer and then there's Kino Paradise. None of, they're not related, but you might be thinking of that. Yeah, I guess. It's like... The PSPs, I've ranted about this before, the PSPs early library of, like, technically original RPGs are all so bad. <laughs> like, a... you you had these ports of these great old games, and then you had the original ones that were just, like, some combination of generic and awful. That reminds me of, like, Ever Grace and... <laughs> oh, oh, that was the PSP <laughs> game I owned! Whatever that Kingsfield game was. Oh, uh, Eternal Ring, which is... Kingsfield in all but name. Oh, that game's super bad, too. From Software had three PS2 launch titles, and I can't judge Armored Core because I don't play those games, but Evergrace and Eternal Ring are both completely irredeemably terrible. Armored Core is great, man. I love me some Armored Core. I, I, I have not played it, so I, I, I'm refusing to judge it, but like... Like, I remember when they announced they were localizing Evergrace 2 and they did their best to not admit, admit that it was Evergrace 2. Like, they rebranded it and made no reference to the original Evergrace. It was just like, oh, this is Forever Kingdom. So was, so, it, was it better or worse than the original? It's every bit as bad for completely different reasons. <laughs> wow, that's horrifying. It's like it's a game. Oh, Summoner, that game's super bad, too. That's made by Volition. It's made by the people who went I, on to make Saints Row of all I things. I like Summoner. You're awful. Summoner is really bad. <laughs> Whatever, man. I'm sorry, man. I, it is the best of the PS2's launch RPGs, which means that it's better than three of the worst games I've ever played. Well, I played, like, it, I played it on Mac, so there. Uh, there like, like the, it, it doesn't control well on PS2 at all, but uh, uh, the, the other thing cool. is that uh, Summoner, Summoner 2 is significantly better, actually, but it's a much more console game. Yeah. Uh, but, like, you, you know, you know, Summoner was at the very least, if you were starving for an RPG, you were better off with that than you were with Evergrace, Eternal Ring, or Orphan Scion of Sorcery. Oh. I own two copies of that, because like, I was like, oh, I should just pick up every P- bad PS2 launch game, because they're hilarious, <laughs> and they're, it was like 50 cents, and I didn't realize I'd already bought it for a previous 50 cent expenditure. Nice. The big problem with Orphan is that it doesn't use the localized title of the anime it's based off of, Sorceress Stabber Orphan. Ooh. I saw the box art, and then I immediately thought, this looks like fan art. I don't know if I should get this. <laughs> it kind of is. I mean, um, Lapuscell Tactics is like that too, but at least yeah. it has pedigree behind it. Yeah, like Orphan. Like, oh man, that's a, that's from a weird period in Activision's history because it's it's a an Activision published <laughs> action RPG. But like Orphan, 
like the biggest interesting thing that it does is that right at the end of the prologue, like it's like, oh, you can go through one of these two doors to chase after one of your two apprentices, and then the game just completely bifurcates at that point. Nice. Like, like you, whichever apprentice you follow, you will never see the other one again, and you will go on a completely different path that's just as terrible. <laughs> I was I was surprised that when Idos decided to publish. It was back oh, before they were, it was over to Square Enix. They published uh, Lagaya 2. Yeah, I just read Lagaya 2 Dual Saga. It was their very brief Fresh Games initiative. Who who published the first one? Uh, I think it's oh, the only game in that label. <laughs> there's like five games in the Fresh Games label. I think that like the first Lagaya was published by like Sony, but weird. Uh, like Fresh Games, the Fresh Games label consisted of off the top of my head. Uh, Mad Maestro, which is a not terribly good rhythm maestroing game. Mr. Mosquito, which was its claim to fame. Uh, Lagaya 2 Dual Saga, R-Type Final was the last thing that they did, and I think there's one other that I'm forgetting. It's like City Metropolis Mania or something. Nice. It was, it was a very strange thing, and the, the real tragedy is that we never got... Mr. Mosquito 2, the one that's about going to Hawaii for some reason. I never what? did pick up Mr. Mosquito. Why now was I can't there? Find it anywhere. Why was there two? I don't understand. There was a second one because the first one had like cult appeal, and it's not a bad game actually, as strange as it is. Yeah. Like it's clearly ugly and low budget, but it's interesting. <laughs> uh, we should we should move on All instead right. of. Di- dipping into as many tangents as humanly possible. Oh, isn't that, that's what we do. That's what we're good at. That's yeah. just how we roll. I'm sure that I, I hate you. Um, <laughs> I'm sure that we will dip into many more tangents, but that's why we need to also sure. answer the occasion question. Yes, well, we have a guest, and I say the guest gets to ask a question. Oh, that sounds good. I'm pretty sure I've, uh, I the past few guests have not gotten to ask questions, so consider yourself lucky. Hey. Also, I was wrong. It wasn't Metropolis Mania. It was Swingers Golf with a Z. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. Always oh. well, ask this off the record, but I'll ask again for the audience. But uh, I wanted to know what your thoughts on the whole Square Enix spurning the Vita TV or mm. Vita in general thing going on with the uh, latest uh, announcement that. Uh, Romancing Saga 2's Vita remake is not going to be on Vita, Vita TV. Yeah, and that that makes me sad. Because I like, like I the Vita see, TV. I, I need to see where that, go, like, how common that becomes, because a part of me suspects that it might just be a case of, like, you need to convince Sony to care long enough to certify it for Vita TV. Because there's always been, like, that issue of, like, the, the lists for what's Vita TV compatible aren't even, like, like games that'll be compatible in one region won't be compatible in the other for no readily apparent reason. Sometimes they do get uh, a whitelist updates, which I, th- I think... Yeah, the like, they do one, occasionally do that. The last but... one included uh, the North American version of East Memories of Salsetta. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah, very glad that that got in there. But I think yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like it's always been just clearly low priority enough that I'm not sure. Like until we see more stuff, I'm not sure if I can pin the blame on Sony or Square for this one. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure Sony like didn't they officially kill it recently? 
They ended production of the. Yeah, yeah they ended production of it recently. So. Hard to say how much rousing they have to do in order to be willing to uh, certify. Yeah. So I guess, I guess the question is also, you know, what's the cost to re to get it certified? How much extra testing, things like that, which uh, yeah. obviously is something. If uh, like we're first starting party to see this. Costs something. Yeah. It's weird. Sony's claiming that they've not done with the Vita software library, even though they're probably done with the hardware. But there's no proof of this until E3, I guess. Yeah. Where, like, what we'll probably see at E3. And a lot is, of small Oh, Full Throttle Remastered is coming out for it. Hmm. <sighs> you were a mighty little trooper. Still seems to be doing well in Japan. It's doing well enough, anyway. Yeah, like, just it's, not... it's well enough to like be not... worth their while to do quick and dirty yeah. ports. Yeah, just not the TV half of it. Yeah, I'm given to understand the uh, sets in a port on Vita is kind of garbage. Oh. Like, they don't it's care just got... enough to fix it. <laughs> yeah, it's just got like really bad like load times and possibly slowed down. I really hope that El Shali Plus, I'll tell you your Shali Plus, uh, has better frame rate than Eska and Logi did, which apparently had better frame rate than Eska. So maybe seeing a pattern here, it will be. Yeah, better. maybe 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 Eska. It, it was, was like that for the PS3 too. The the frame rate gradually improved with each version. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 just that like oh well, we're not going to do much to fix this version, but we're going to do what we can. <laughs> the next one will be better. Well, I honestly, that's. Playing a lot of their games, that seems to be Gus's mo. They kind of their games gradually improve over the lifetime of a system. It would like essentially it wouldn't be worthwhile to go back and try to fix the old one, but we can guarantee you the next one will be better. Yeah. I'm trying to remember which was the Atelier game that like in Japan was apparently just completely busted. I think it was like a DS one. Right. I didn't. I didn't hear about anything. You mean DS or 3DS? I mean, like, original DS. Uh, that might have been Annie, then. Or one of the ones that we didn't get. Yeah, yeah, it was back when we, like, only got the got them occasionally, rather than basically all of them. I remember, like, the first exposure I had to that series was seeing, like, the random list of, like, PS2 games that had come out for launch in Japan that like, they weren't out in America, and no one was quite sure if anyone was going to bother with them, so you just got previews in American game magazines that were just tiny snippets of, like, Adelaide or Marie. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Like, it's it's hard to say how much of a long-term trend. Like, it, it might even be possible that Saga 2, which I think is what originally sparked your question was like, it, it might even be possible that that eventually does get Vita TV compatible if there is a way to make that happen. But Yeah, and I wonder if it might just end up being like the big publishers that like don't want to bother and maybe people like Falcom and companies like that will keep on keeping on. Nah. I wonder if Square Enix USA will even bother localizing. Uh, probably not. Given that there's no pre-existing script, I'm not confident on it. Yeah. Maybe if it came out on the phone too. 
I think it is. Well, yeah, I just mean, like, if it came oh, yeah. out on anything, they would... No, they'll they would they'll put it on mobile, and then they'll port it to PC eventually. Like, they'll probably do with uh, Adventures of Mana. Yeah, they've been hinting at that. I've heard Adventures of Mana is actually pretty good. It's really good. Really, really Which good. Tempting. It uh, plays very close to the original... It's now the second Same. best version of Final Fantasy Adventure, and Sword of Mana can go get banished to the dustbin of history. <laughs> hey, I, like I liked it, but I know it has problems. <laughs> it's a it's it's a latter day Mana game. It uh, it had some issues, and yeah. then like half of its development team went off to form Grezzo, which uh, did the Ocarina of Time and. Majora's Mask 3DS Remix. Oh, those are nice. So yeah, they're good very nice. Them. I think they worked a little bit on uh, the Triforce Heroes as well. Did oh, they? I hadn't heard about that. That's also very good. Oh yeah, so yeah, they're uh, they're in the credits for that. You know, they use uh, Molosoft's engine. Huh? No, I didn't know that. That's pretty good. I suppose it makes sense. But yeah, at this point they seem to be just sort of like the factory for like doing the uh, Zelda updates that aren't handled by EAD, except that since uh, they were busy with Triforce Heroes, uh, Twilight Princess HD got farmed out to Australian developer Tantalus. Yeah, I think they could have done a better job because... There's some I bad slowdown put, in there. I didn't notice too much slowdown, but I did notice that the game auto-locks you into pro-controller mode if the pro-controller is present when you use the Wolf Amoeba to do quick load. Oh, that's obnoxious. Ooh. I don't have a pro-controller, so i never switch the control that. schemes on the fly, which is something that Wind Waker could do. Yeah, yeah. Like, Twilight Princess HD was clearly a lower budget and effort affair than some of their other, uh, like, remasters and remakes. Which is a bit of a shame because I'm quite fond of that game. I think they did hander, make they reduce the interval between roll, like the rolls that you could do, and maybe even the dashes that you could do as a wolf or as a horse. So travel was mm. faster a little bit. Yeah, the game is generally like tuned very slightly to be a little bit faster, which is nice. Because uh, it wasn't a game known for its brevity, but. Uh, yeah, it's it's you know it's a it's a still a good remaster, but there's some strange issues that you wouldn't expect to be present in it. Yeah. Oh, all right. Uh, shall we move on to some other question? Sure. Why not? Let me see what else we got. I'm gonna jump. I remember right there being else. like a question in here that was singing my song. Yeah, I spotted one from last. The last thread I don't think we got over. It's uh, do you think multiple spinoffs can damage a brand name? Do you remember if we covered absolutely? I don't think we covered that, but yes, yeah, absolutely. multiple bad ones at least. Yeah, that's that was that's exactly <laughs> what my answer was going to be. Can dilute the brand. It's like Sonic. <laughs> not, not even Sonic. Like looking back at like the period where Square would put Final Fantasy on everything, oh, and yeah. like people just didn't care about the name. Final Fantasy anymore because what they could be getting might be an RPG or it might be a random minigame collection starring a chocobo. Mm. I never did finish Final Fantasy Fables for the Wii. Oh, that was the chocobo's dungeon one. 
I was thinking of the Final Fantasy Fables for for original DS, which I think is a mini game collection. Yeah, it is. And it's just like you know, it became this point where like if you do produce too many spinoffs, it's like the name by itself doesn't mean much anymore. Even if all of those spinoffs are individually decent. Final Fantasy Explorers. Uh, uh, I'm curious to try that. I'm still probably going to try it at some point. but Yeah, it's better in English than my experience of the Japanese version, just because, obviously, I, it's easier to figure out what to do. But it's just... It's, like, aggressively average... It's the best way I can describe it. <laughs> it is uh, It is your perfunctory, not really as good as Monster Hunter, but in a Final Fantasy package. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's a genre that you really need to do something to stand out in. Yeah. It's not even, like... It's not even, like, strictly Monster Hunter-like, either. It's a little more funky. I'd say it's... Isn't it like, a weird combo of PSO and... Monster Hunter. Yeah, I'd say it's even closer to PSO. Um, Which, hey, it's nice that we're getting something that's like PSO released in English. <laughs> yeah, it, it, probably more strictly mission-based than I remember PSO being, but still. I still want to play Nova. Yeah. So I, where is that? <laughs> I, I bought that on the cheap, and I still haven't gotten around to playing to trying it out. I still can't believe the way that series is handled here. It's like PSO was more popular in the West than it was in Japan. Seriously. Like, I get not getting Nova because it was a Vita exclusive as much as, like, I want it. But, like, the fact that no permutation of PSO2 in any capacity has come here. Yeah, that that makes zero sense to me. I mean, the Sega still hasn't decisively said they aren't going to do it, but where is it? <laughs> it's it's still got a Sega release date of winter 2014. <laughs> Some alternate reality. Yeah, you know, they'll go back in time and suddenly your memories of having played it for 200 hours and gotten sick of it will unlock important <laughs> DLC opportunities. Um, yeah, but... Uh... But hey, you can watch the PSO2 anime now streaming on, I think, no. Crunchyroll or whatever. <laughs> Sonic College. Oh, man. Oh, bad spinoffs. Speaking of but, bad yeah, spinoffs, no, like, Sonic Boom later this year. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, that's, that's the one made by Sanzaru, which means that it might not be completely awful. I like the cartoon. The cartoon's very fun, because the cartoon is just like finally someone made a cartoon based on sonic that understands that sonic's dumb but <laughs> and i say that with a great deal of fondness for sonic but sonic's dumb uh yeah but like no like i remember there were there were you know there was the wii u sonic boom that was clearly made in like a year with a badly ported version of CryEngine 3, and then there was the 3DS one that was also clearly made in a year, but that was less disastrous on a 3DS. That's, <laughs> so it's not completely irredeemable. So I think the second 3DS Sonic Boom might be okay. Maybe, especially since it was delayed. But yeah, like Sonic is also like a weird invincible brand, because no amount of being awful has ever stopped Sonic from selling. It, I... He runs too fast, he's gotta go fast. <laughs> 
like, it doesn't stop for anything. Like, even Sega being ashamed of Sonic games hasn't stopped them from selling. Like, they've delisted, like, they, they deleted, like, Sonic and the Black Knight and Sonic Riders frickin' Connect nonsense and Sonic 06, <laughs> but all of those are million sellers. Oh, Sonic 06, why? No. I own a copy of Sonic 06 because it is, like, the perfect object of bad game design where, like, every single thing went wrong. <laughs> Some people it are apparently lucky is, that they didn't run too... into any of the glitches in the game. <laughs> I'd like to know those people. I, I've, I've never like met someone that could actually like legit claim that. Like I played that, <laughs> and what's even weirder is that I played the demo beforehand, and I was like, "That was, this is terrible. I need to play the full version." Um, <laughs> but like the demo has aspects of it that are more finished than the final game because apparently whatever whatever else they'd done to the demo, they had to roll back to a more stable version. <sighs> I can't Sonic believe that. I feel like they sold us the prototype by accident and they just forgot to ship the real one. <laughs> they, did, they did the Dead Island on Steam thing. <laughs> oh, that was amazing when that happened. But they, they sold us the, the real they sold us the prototype version expecting to be able to sell the real version a year later. It's even weirder is the PS3 version came out like nine months later and was every bit as bad. Like, they hadn't even fixed any of the bugs. Wow. If anything, they'd made new ones. <sighs> Sega. Sega, why? Why do you do this? Speaking of, like, Sega spinoffs, no one has ever played the Yakuza spinoffs on PSP made by the people that made WWF No Mercy. What? They were made by No Mercy guys? What? They were made by Oc... <laughs> Nothing makes sense to me anymore. There's two of them, and both of them are probably bad, but I still am compelled by them because they're made by the Aki guys. Ishin and Black Panther, right? Uh, Ishin's the, the second Samurai one, that's PS3 oh, and yeah. PS4, but Black Panther is the uh, PSP one. Uh, it's like Kudo Hue something. But yeah, like... That's, that's another thing. I don't know. Maybe that would have been a cool spin-off. I don't know. I don't know if that damaged the brand. <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I'm trying to think of, like, spin-offs. That, like, the nice thing about making a spin-off is that unless you make a lot of bad ones, it's hard to damage the core brand. I like, did play Dead Souls. I did. It's not great. Um, <laughs> but I, it's, it's not as good as, uh, ironically, like, the uh, uh, Kenzan is uh, better than Dead Souls, but uh, but yeah, like I'm trying to think of like a spinoff that damaged the brand, and the only thing I can think of would be like Legend of Mana, like hurt the brand, even though I like it. Like that was the one where people were like, "Oh, these Mana games, maybe they aren't always good," but that's also because it wasn't obviously a spinoff in the U.S. It's true, N- not a game, but I could claim that. Gundam Seed Destiny ruined Seed, and Seed was already pretty bad. Yeah, no, I can agree with that, but <laughs> like you said, not quite a game. There were uh, games based off of it, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think there's, like, there's several Gundam versus games that are just Seed. But, yeah. Well, like, that, that is a case of where... But that, I guess Seed Destiny is technically a 
a sequel. If you wanted to say a spinoff, it would be something like if Astray had killed Seed. Kind of like Astray, actually. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Astray made good units in Super Robot Wars W. There, I fixed it. Have the uh, bazillion different Dynasty Warriors spinoffs ever hurt the franchise? I feel like, if anything, they've made it more popular. <laughs> because, like, because those spinoffs sell to people that... It's true. Because those spinoffs sell to people that don't buy normal Dynasty Warriors. Like, I bought Dragon Quest Heroes, even though I don't play Dynasty Warriors. It's like, oh, I gotta yeah. buy Dragon Quest Heroes. Well, I don't even mean, like, those spinoffs. I mean, you got, like, your Dynasty Warriors, you got your Dynasty Warriors Extreme Legends, you got your Dynasty Warriors Empires. Man, I'm... Like, that strange Legends period where you have... DLC version. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that's on it. Okay, that strange there period. Empires, and yeah. then there's Samurai Warriors. Yeah, and there was a like a was... SD version of Samurai Warriors released for the GameCube called like Mystic, Mystic Heroes. Heroes or something. Yeah, and there was also Warriors Orochi, which I think still exists. But the the thing about it to me is I love the surreal period where Koei was putting out Dynasty Warriors Empires, which was the strategy style uh, version of Dynasty Warriors. And Dynasty Tactics, which was the strategy RPG uh, Dynasty Warriors game, and Romance of the Three Kingdoms, all <laughs> concurrently in the same year. I think I think it's amazing that it started out as a shitty fighting game. And they made yeah, I was watching Hack a video of that today, and it's super bad looking. Uh, the, like, there's a more direct, like, delineation of how that game is separate in Japan where it's like oh it's Son, uh, Son Gokushi Muso in Japan and then like the ones Shin. we think of as like Dynasty Warriors 2 there is Shin Son Gokushi Miso, Muso and like that's why Dynasty Warriors games in Japan are actually a number behind what they are in the US oh, oh, oh so confusing so Dynasty Warriors 8 is, is Shin Son Gokushi Muso 7 Okay. It's a, it's a really tangled web. But, uh, yeah, like, again, I think at this point, like, they have, at the very least, they've been relatively careful to prune off the ones that couldn't continue to survive as standalone products. Like, you know, Extreme Legends had its place taken by DLC. And I'm sure that there's probably something akin to Empires that you could still purchase if you were willing to buy all the DLC. But, like, the spin-offs that continue to exist are things sell to audiences that won't buy traditional Dynasty Warriors because they don't like what it's packaged in. They don't yeah. care about Romance of the Three Kingdoms. So they still make the Romance of the Three Kingdoms series, right? I think they do because yeah. I think there's like a very... And Nobunaga. Reason. Oh, yeah, yeah, Nobunaga's ambition. Can can we get Liberty or Death, Muso? <laughs> Because, man, Liberty or Death is a strange thing, thing to have existed. And then the fact that, like... Like, think think of what we could get if you could just have, like, George Washington doing, like, a crazy messed-up Musso attack and destroying oh an entire army of Redcoats. Oh, my God. I think it might have a poor shelf life in the UK. <laughs> See, most... Oh, my gosh, there are... See, yeah, there is Romance of the Three Kingdoms 13 just came out on PS4 last year. I play Sailor Moon Muso. Oh man, I'm kind of surprised <laughs> oh, that man. doesn't exist. Wow. Yeah, with Crystal being 
Yeah, like, I, I'd expect, ones. like, Dragon Ball and Sailor Moon to sort of, like, both get Musos at yeah. some point, but they well, haven't. I want a fairy tale Musou. Come on. That's, that's Never like, seen second that string. That's not going to get one. <laughs> like, like they, they put them on, like, one you're, piece, I think, has, like... You're second now. string. Yeah, I am second string. Why do you think I work <laughs> with you? Oh, burn. But, uh, yeah, like, uh, there's, like, five One Piece Musos. The the weirdest thing to the Muso thing to me is that we've missed, like, one of them total. Even for things that have no presence in the U.S. And we got, uh, Fist of the North Star, right? We got both of those! <laughs> there was more than one? Is, yeah, is, Isn't the new JoJo's game supposed to be kind of like that? Uh, they're, the new one is more of a weird tag team fighting game. It's closer to, like, the Naruto Ninja Storm games. Hmm. Weird. But, like, okay, uh, I'm trying to look, okay. You've got all, you know, all eight of the main series, Advanced, DS, Fighters Battle, uh, Strike Force, Next, Samurai Warriors 1, 2, Katana 3, Chronicles 4, Warriors Orochi 1, 2, Z3, uh, I think we got all of the Dynasty Warriors Gundams, which is hilarious because, like, half of them are based around, like, series that never got exported at all. <laughs> like, they're, Did... they're, we're finally going to get DVD sets of things like Double Zeta, not that anyone was clamoring for it, but, like, they still put them out, even though, like, oh, Turn A Gundam sure hadn't come here at that point. Didn't um, Omega Force make the engine for... Devil Survivor or Demol Summoner, uh, Cousin of Rido, those games. Get it? I've never heard that. Like, or is that a completely different company called Sigma I think, Force? I, Sigma, Force, Sigma Force, Force is a different thing. Yeah. Uh, but I, now that I said that, though, I want one. <laughs> no, that'd be interesting. Give me, give me like uh, SMT Muso, Shin Muso Tensei. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's a good. That's a good segue, because I didn't want to talk about Atlas, because I think that's kind of a good example of the opposite of this question. Oh, yeah, Atlas is really careful about spinoffs. Yeah, and it's it's kind of, like I said, it's the opposite of this. It's a company where, it's a case where the spinoffs uh, help the series, because... Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> I was, uh... I, I don't think anything did more for Shin Megami's, Shin Megami Tensei's standing as like a main like a major series than Persona 4 having yeah. the name Shin Megami Tensei on it. Yeah. I still think that the uh best title that any of them ever had was Megami Megami Ibunroku Persona Be Your True Mind. <laughs> hey, you don't even think uh the Fire Emblem and Shin Megami Tensei spin-off had a weird name? Uh, uh, Tokyo Mirage uh, Stage. I, I can only remember that because it's SMT backwards. That's funny. Tokyo Mirage Stage uh, hash pound sharp FE, I think. Yeah, they're, they're calling Tokyo Mirage Sessions in the US. Yeah, Tokyo Mirage Sessions. It's, uh, it is Genei Ibunroku in Japanese. But yeah, Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Be true uh, your mind, though. <laughs> it's be, funny because your... those lyrics actually show up in the end of the Eternal Punishments dub. Oh, that's crazy. I forgot about that. I, I just love Be Your True Mind because it's so close to being a reasonable English phrase. It's like, be your true self. Oh, we just screwed it up right at the end. 
But yeah, like Atlas is really careful about like even the popular subseries, they will release two main entries and they might upgrade those, but they don't really touch they don't make a bunch of them. Like Persona Persona 3, uh, Persona 1, Persona 2 is a duology, but then it's like six years, Persona 3, Persona 4. It's now been like eight years since Persona 4, and they've upgraded it. They've like made spinoffs of it, but they haven't made a proper new Persona in eight years. Mm. And like they're, they're very careful to not oversaturate like any one subseries. Uh, allows them to go back to the well and sort of conceptually reimagine it while still sort of drawing back in the people that remember liking that series. Which also allows them to leave behind games that didn't work out so well, like the previous attempt at a SMP strategy RPG before Devil Survivor. Uh, what was what was that? That's Rondé. That's Rondo. Uh. The, the the possible ugliest Sega Saturn game in history. Yeah, I've seen pictures of some of the monsters. Oh boy. It's like, it's some of the anything, the people are monsters in that. <laughs> uh, that's super ugly. Yeah. I've, been, I've been reading I'm a bunch of... I'm still anxious about uh, finals announcement. Like, where is it? Yeah, like, uh, I'm shocked that we don't with have that yet. release date. Like, I'm shocked that we don't have a like, English localization announcement for final. Like, I'm sure we'll get it, but it's weird that we haven't already. I'll get them at the same time. <laughs> yeah, like, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, that. in April or May, like, oh, and it'll be out in July. Like, we'll get a Nintendo Direct that brings it up. Yeah, maybe it's just the, the timing. Yeah, like, they're probably, they probably got, like, a, like, half of Atlas's staff working on Persona 5 localization. Or maybe they want to save it and not try and put it out at the same time as Dragon Quests. Or well, that, that would imply that they were working with Nintendo Rush on that. Summer. Yeah, so that's true. But yeah, like they, they might, like, I, I feel like there's a lot of good reasons to have not announced it yet, so I'm not concerned, but it is very strange. Yeah. Uh, but I've been reading a lot of, like, Devil Man lately, and it's, like, it's really impossible to read that and not think, oh, man, yeah, this is just Shin Megami Tensei. <laughs> this is what made that happen. <laughs> Don't read Devil Man. Okay. Well, maybe read Devil Man. Don't read Devil Man, lady. I, I don't know what any of those are, so, okay. You're better off. <laughs> Devil right. Man, lady, it's Devil Man if it had more rape in it. <laughs> um... <laughs> The end. <laughs> okay, so moving on to the next question. Um, uh, which one from the the new set of questions did you want to do? Um, me? Yes, you. Uh, well, we were. I thought we were basically going to go down most of these, but uh, let's see. Well, it sounded like there's one you. Oh, I was, I was just I was saying that it was singing my song because they were talking about like bad games that you love anyway. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's do that one. Let me find the specific question. That's a, that's the one where I was like, oh, they're singing my song. This is for me. Thanks, Walking Here Dude. We, yeah, from the Walking Dude. Are there any games that are deeply flawed or that you know are bad but that you like anyway? Zelda two. <laughs> oh man, Miyamoto agrees with you. <laughs> 
There's actually a it's a very interesting interview where he's like the Zelda 2 is the game he is least happy about because it didn't change at all from the way they conceived it in like on paper. Interesting. Like it, he, they you know they wrote up the design document of what that game was going to look like and usually the game changes a lot between then and there. I mean, look at the original Super Mario Brothers design documents where it's uh, run and shoot. But uh, like with Zelda 2, what they wrote on the paper is exactly what it was, and that disappointed him because he felt like it should have been more. But uh, personally, like I was as I was digging through all of my bad PS2 RPGs, I was forced to sit down and confront the fact that I know Legaia 2 isn't terribly good, and I know that the Dot Hack quadrilogy isn't terribly good either. But I love them both. <sighs> I don't know why. I think I feel like Dot Hack. My the my ability to be a fan of Dot Hack is largely influenced by the fact that GU was really really good. Yeah. Dot Hack GU is really really good, but I can still see and love what pieces of GU that I love in Infection, Mutation, Outbreak, and Quarantine. And like, even though I could never in good conscience recommend them to anyone, I still love them. <laughs> I only want to finish those games out of like some kind of commitment to see it done. <laughs> I, I couldn't really recommend to you to finish Infection, Mutation, Outbreak, and Quarantine, but I could totally and wholeheartedly recommend GU. I have all those. I was lucky. Yeah. I picked those up like on a whim when all three were 20 bucks at a GameStop. Yeah. I think I, I paid 30 bucks for like at least one of them. Nice. I, uh,. Hunted a lot of them down when GameStop was doing PS2 clearance. Yeah, but good luck finding quarantine. Only I think we one of that them last doesn't have proper case art. This is oh, nice! Lame, lame slipcover that GameStop has instead. Yeah, those awful slipcovers that just have like extreme children on them. <laughs> Not extreme children. It's just like a label, and that's pretty much it. Uh, it was before they they had moved on to the uh, extreme children labels. Or the rabbit they, ones. They, They've gone through a few, like, random, uh, like, this is a generic cover periods. It's very strange. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Let me, like, really, half of the RPGs I own on PS2 that I know are bad, like, the Wild Arms 1 remake is markedly worse than the game that it's a remake of, but I still kind of love it, even though it's bad. Wild Arms Ultra Code F was not great, and apparently it sells for a lot of money, so if I were a sane person, I'd be selling it. Yeah, Honestly, it the best thing I liked about that game is probably the puzzle minigame you play. Oh, yeah. Like, there, there is something that, like, it, it... The weird way that it half-heartedly incorporates things from, like, three into a game that's obviously not meant to accommodate them is so, like... Baffling, like the direction that that remake went. Yeah, and the and, and the scripting was just what? Uh, there was a scene where the where the hand pan was like, yeah, playing playing with his food, like trying to fly like a plane into his mouth or something, or yeah, maybe it was a... Jack's mouth. I can't remember. Yeah, man, it's like what game. the hell is going on here? What is happening? Or, like, it, it has an almost exactly as bad translation as the original one, but in different ways. Uh, uh, well, it can't be as bad as 2's localization. 2's localization is art, and by that I mean it's completely incomprehensible. 
Like listen art. <laughs> it's art. It's art. Like go look at any of Liz and Ard's freaking statements, all of them, like, oh, let's just translate a haiku directly from whatever language. Doesn't matter. Or, or We won't try to keep syllables. We won't try to, like, translate what the poetic language is supposed to refer to. He's just gonna say whatever. <laughs> or the whole thing with that brother and his sister. Oh, yeah! Yeah! Irving Vault Valeria and, like, him... You know, having sex with his sister, that happens. Wild Arms 2 is a weird game. <laughs> like, Wild Arms 2 is not great. It, it also, uh, the localization also badly tries to censor out, like, some gay people as well. There's the one best guy thing that, about like, the game is, is, is Henshin. <laughs> Oh, man, I love it. It's like, you know, it's this weird thing that, like, you know, it straddles the line. It's already straddling the line between weird medieval fantasy magic and, like, occasional Wild West town. And then you get, like, five hours in and your character turns into a common writer. <laughs> and it's like, okay, I'm lost. And you turn into a common writer because you pulled out freaking Excalibur. It's such a weird kitchen sink. I love Wild Arms 2. It's awful, and I love it. <laughs> oh, man. And, it also, and I also love both of its amazing, like, intros that, like, it switches... Oh, that's a, that's a great thing that, like, the, that Wild Arms 2 and 3 do. Like, Wild Arms 2, when you switch discs, it gets a different animated intro to, like, oh, it incorporates more of the main characters. Three and then with Wild Arms... Yeah, with three, it's got, like, chapters, and, like, each chapter, there's a new intro that sort of relates to what that chapter is. And it's like, oh, I'm playing Wild Arms, the anime. Except not the Wild Arms anime, because Wild Arms anime sucks. Oh, boy. It's almost as bad as Final Fantasy Unlimited. Oh, man. I have two copies of the promotional Wild Arms Twilight Venom (laughs) DVD. I think I've told this several times, but I've got two copies of the Wild Arms Twilight Venom DVD because I went, I bought, like, Shadow Hearts from the New World from a dying Hollywood video, and it had, like, uh, it had the Wild Arms Twilight Venom uh, DVD stacked on top of it for some reason. And, like, I brought it to the guy, like, at uh, at the... freaking counter and I'm like uh, there's another DVD in this do you want this and he's like dude if you don't take that I'm going to throw it in the trash (laughs) (laughs) I just took it because I guess why not uh, I don't understand Um, but yeah there's, there's a lot of awful games that I love with all of my heart like let's see if I can go through this I wouldn't say that Final Fantasy VI is awful by any means, but I would say that it's horribly broken. Oh, it's it's uh, it has no balance at all. Uh, Like as as a, it's it's sort of the first Final Fantasy where like it doesn't even take a great deal of work to create a party setup that the game is incapable of dealing with. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's true. Let's use Realm and decide to sketch someone. Randomly. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's broken too. Oh, like those I, those bugs were removed from the advanced version, though, so that's good. Yeah, the sketch bug's gone. Um, I remember it. It's I don't think F, I don't think you're free of at least one stat being irrevocably bugged until FF 
No, wait, FF8. Because FF7's magic defense stat doesn't work. Uh, let's see. FF1's intelligence stat doesn't work. Uh, I believe FF2 and 3 are no better on that. Oh, and FF1's uh, critical uh, index doesn't work the way that it says it does either. FF1 uh, for the NES elemental weaknesses didn't work either. <laughs> yeah, those don't work. Uh, any weapon that says it's supposed to do better against certain kinds of enemy doesn't work. Yeah, the original version uh, of that game is so broken. There's there's spells that never can do anything. Like, even if you had someone that could cast Amut to try to remove silence from someone, and the Dream it doesn't Command work. Is, seems to be never... They didn't dummy it out because it doesn't do anything. The what command? The Dream Command. Oh, yeah, drink. Uh, there's also... Uh, uh, what was the other one that I was thinking of? Like, uh, Oh, yeah, thieves don't run properly. And they don't like, steal they're, either. They're to, well, they, they can't steal because that wasn't even in their conception. But, like, the thieves' advantage is supposed to be that they are more likely to successfully run, but they don't do that. Um... Like, because of the intelligence bug, there's no reason to use a white mage or a black mage unless you really need, need level 8 uh, white magic or black magic. Which a reddit mage can do. Yeah, like, it's it's so broken. Like, I, I remember once hearing it put, like, if you, if you do a battle command in FF1, there is about a 40% chance that, the game, that it's not going to react the way the game tells you it's supposed to. But, like, tons of them, like, up through 7, there's usually at least one stat block that doesn't work at all. Like, FF4 has the critical bug, where, like, characters that are removed from the party for story purposes can no longer do critical attacks. Um, FF7, as mentioned, the uh, magic defense stat doesn't work, but the spirit stat does. Um, <laughs> and, uh, like... Oh, FF6 has the evade bug, where instead of checking your evasion, it always checks your M block. Mm. So, like, if you if you want to have maximum evasion, you pump your M block and just ignore your evasion stat entirely, because it doesn't do anything. <laughs> but, yeah, like, in, in terms of cons uh, coding construction, yeah, the game is uh, broken. But yeah, FF1 is probably one of those ones that belongs on there for a lot of people, but I don't have really nostalgia for the NAS version of it. I will say that I wonder what the heck's going on with the lack of localization for the 3DS port that apparently came with pre-orders for Explorers. Yeah, I thought that that was announced as like an eShop thing, but I guess it hasn't happened. I've been to Japan, but... Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's been no out, word on US release at it's, all. It's been out in Japan for a while I've yeah, got, since, got that on my Japanese 3DS yeah, it was, it's a shame because it's a neat looking style where they've kind of taken the Dawn of Souls style but they've turned it into like this weird pop up book look but uh, but we don't seem to have heard anything about it which is weird because I can't imagine there were any significant changes to that version requiring yet another new translation <laughs> I think we're on translation number 4 or for FF1. Sounds about right. But, yeah, I'm trying to think of other bad games that I totally love, and it's basically every game, I, every RPG I played on PS1. <laughs> uh, I've got uh, 
the Game Gear Shining Force that came out here. Oh, did you play the did you play the Sega CD version though? I have not. But yeah, I have played the the original Game Boy or Game Gear, Game Gear. version, which uh, it's not like terrible. It's just like super downgraded Shining Force, and it's not. It's really. It's not Shining right. Force mining the ability to walk around in town. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that hurt me. But I mean, it it was the like the only tactical RPG I had on portable as a kid, so. It's, those were those were pretty thin on the ground yeah, at the time. Yeah, so it's all I had, and I still have nostalgia for it. But you know, you go back and play it; it's super easy. It's not very good. Yeah, it's, some of these things, some of these things I ripped. Like I know I can never play them again because if I did, like the spell would be broken and I would die. <laughs> <laughs> like I I know that I spent like forty hours playing Xenosaga Episode One, and if I ever played it again, I'd die. <laughs> Well, you don't have to help play. You can just watch the thing. Yeah, yeah. There's you can watch all 15 hours of cutscenes on YouTube. I was, I was when I was ripping that. It was like the most confusing experience in the world because the first one is a dual layer DVD. It's like, you know, some nine gigs, and then the second one is two single layer DVDs, and I don't know why that is. <laughs> <laughs> it's very confusing. That happened a couple uh, of times. It's probably. Uh, my only guess would be cheaper to produce, even if it's two discs. Thinking it was so awful, I forgot what actually happened in it. <laughs> it's probably for the best that you don't remember it. Cause, I like I looked up, three, what, like I looked up what I I still can't get over the fact that like the third Zeno saga is using the Nietzsche title that references a specific person. You had so many Nietzsche titles that didn't have anything to do with like specific proper nouns. I now am sad that there's no Zenosaga epi- Zenosaga episode four Nietzsche contra Wagner. Oh, Zeno. At Good. least Xenoblade happened. Uh, but yeah, like there's a lot of like just things in this that like, uh, why do I love this? I don't know. Then again, occasionally I'd see things and I'd be like, why don't other people love this? Why has no other human being ever played Sukunai Atonement? I have it, but I haven't played it yet. I don't know what it's it got is. A, so it's they... got a Yasunori Mitsuda soundtrack. Oh. Uh, Sukunai Atonement is a game by a company no one's ever heard of called Cattle Call. It was released in late 2001 for the PS2 by Atlas in the US. Uh... That is about, like, you're like this sort of mercenary bounty hunter sort of guy that, like, breaks into this, like, holy site and gets thrown out of his body by the gods who are like, no, you got, no, no, no more of this. So you get turned into a spirit that has to uh, wander around this, like, fishing village helping people solve their problems so that, uh, so that you can atone for your sin and get, be- and get restored to your original body. Fun. It's a neat little game. It's a. It's got kind of a smaller focus to start with than most RPGs, which gives it kind of an interesting. Uh, it's it's very in contrast to the usual RPG where it's like at the very least within the first couple hours you'll find out that you need to save the world. But now, like there is like a much larger threat that looms on the horizon that happens at the end. But like there's a lot of stuff that it's just like oh go help these two people get together they 
they like each other, but they can't bring themselves to do it. Possess <laughs> one of them and make it happen. Some weird RPGs I've played probably be Chulip. Oh, Chulip's super weird. I think that's made by like Punchline or Skip. Hmm. Uh, who also They're made, made it was made by Rose. Moons. Oh man, you you can also kiss a man in the trash. What game are you talking about? And do uh, I even want to know? It's the kissing RPG. Oh, God. Alright. Yeah, okay, yeah, it was made by uh, Punchline. Uh, who also made awful, weird, terrible, insane PS2 survival horror game Rule of Rose, and then promptly committed suicide. But uh, Tulip was a game where you basically had to like solve puzzle puzzles so that you could kiss people to level up. Mm-hmm. And like you just like you you if you saw someone in town you were like not you weren't done until you hit lip locked with them like that's just how it goes man. Weird. True lip super weird. It's it was actually a PS2 classic on PS3 at one point. I assume it still is, but yeah, like it, it in, is. in America. So like, if you really want to try one of the strangest games that ever came out on the PS2, well, it it's like, available. I too. think it was a like GameStop exclusive. Yeah, like, it It was, you know, because, I mean, like, who was actually going to take a huge risk on printing that? Natsume. <laughs> they're yeah, Natsume. Natsume in their weird years where they weren't, like, making Minecraft Har- Harvest Moon knockoffs. The Harvest Moons that they're making now, they should just stop, I think. <laughs> please, please stop. You're Story of Seasons is much better series. <laughs> Yeah, like, oh, the people that were already making these are better at making them. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like... But they have this Harvest Moon brand. They, they have, have nothing harvest... to do with it. <laughs> I still think my favorite thing is that back in the day, like, the one of the first... Uh, like, the, the game that got released in America is Harvest Moon Back to Nature. Like, in Japan, Harvest Moon games and Story of Seasons are called Bokujo Monogatari. And... Harvest Moon Back to Nature in Japan is called Bokujo Monogatari Harvest Moon. Uh, I'm really excited for when we get Bokujo Monogatari Story of Seasons. <laughs> <laughs> that seems important that that finally happened. But, uh, Tale of Three Towns or City Villages or whatever. Yeah, I think that's what they're on right now. I feel like that's like a natural extension of Two Towns. Yeah, no, I think that's literally the next one, though. I need to see this now. Sorry, seasons. I think so. Because, like, I was like, oh, they're making a direct sequel to, like, Tale of Two Towns. Um, I think that was the first non-Rune Factory uh, I like Harvest Moon game I played. I kind of hated the fact that a lot of the mechanics from the original weren't present. Like, the fact that there's no shipping box to put all your stuff in so you could sell it. You had to go to the market yeah, and make have- sure the market was open, which was annoying. Yeah, you have to, like, grow the market in order to get, like, certain people that will buy your stuff for more, and it's just kind of a weird... Well, that's weird. It's it's them trying to make that a bit more complex, but I don't think people really want that particular so bit. So the next one fixes complex. that. Yeah, like, Harvest Moon is one of those things where, like, oh, you, this one didn't... Yeah, you didn't care for this one? Well, the next one probably will fix so it. So I wouldn't mind an actual storyline in an endgame of some kind. I think the last one I can think of, the, the only one I can think of that has, like, a storyline, that has, like, a proper conclusion is Save the Homeland slash Hero of Leaf Valley. Mm-hmm. Where, like, in Save the Homeland, uh, you have to, like, it, it, it's the plot of an 80s movie. Like, 
oh, you come to this, like, charming farm community, and then, like, an evil land developer is coming to just bulldoze the entire thing and turn it into an amusement park. Surprised they didn't make any movie. That would be amazing. Trailer. I'll just grab the Harvest Moon OVA and find out all about it. Uh, but, like, you have two years to, like, either uh, prove enough, like... You, you need to, like, either prove enough unique things live here that it needs to be made a nature preserve... Or you, like, prove it a historical landmark or something that makes it so that they can't develop that land. Or in Hero of Leaf Valley, you get the alternate option to participate in a series of side quests where the land development company's representative keeps getting attacked by, like, robots or something, and you need to, like, break them in order to protect them, and then, like, eventually you'll be allowed to just pay for the land and get to keep it yourself. Well, now I'm just going to have to throw, uh, like some 80s training montage music in this episode or something. Try to be best, but you're only a man, and a man's got to love me. <laughs> Try to believe, though the going gets rough, that you gotta hang tough to make it. Okay, um, in any case, but yeah, like, you know, I've got a lot of bad games that I love. Like, this one goes out to the terrible one I love. Um, well, I get a good one, mostly because everyone seems to think it's bad, uh, Certain Castlevania. Oh, which one? Two? No, no, I hate that game. That game sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Castlevania no. 64. Oh, <sighs> Castlevania Legacy of Darkness. Legacy of Darkness. <laughs> oh, man, you read my mind. Well, Legacy of Darkness is better just because I think playing as a Lycanthrope was pretty awesome. Well, as far as, far as uh, the development team was concerned, Legacy of Darkness <sighs> was Castlevania 64 director's cut. You're going to say Lords of Shadow, aren't you? Yes, uh, but now you're just, you just got to dig up all the bad memories. <laughs> I, I was, was going to think you're going to say Lament of Innocence or something. I like Lament of Innocence. I'm going to say that. I like Lament okay. of Innocence. I, and I, to a lesser Lament of extent. Innocence and um, Heart, or the Curse of Darkness. Or yeah, Curse of Darkness. Um, are two parts of a game I'd like to see made whole, and that never happened. <laughs> no. I can kind of see what you mean. Like they're both like they're they are both Igarashi pushing closer and closer to the ideal 3D Castlevania. Yeah, and like, like he uh, just never quite had the budget I, to take it home. I, I, I mean, in instance, had the gameplay, but I think it missed a step when I didn't introduce RPG elements. Yeah, and I wanted to like Curse of Darkness, but I don't. <laughs> Yeah, you're not big Darkness on innocent is, devils. Curse of Darkness is—I don't know—it's a weird, confusing mess of mazes. Yeah, but yeah, Lords of Shadow uh, has like a god awful first third, and then it gets a lot better. And I heard really two like is just there. absolutely boring, though. Ah, <laughs> uh, I really like two. I, I haven't would say that two it. is better than one. I have actually, both of them on I... Steam, but I haven't yet to play two, them. Two is much more consistent than the original one, and I'm honestly not sure why everyone seemed to hate it, because it's definitely better than the first one. The first one's... Like, I, the only I, problem I have with it that I've heard is that apparently it boils down to you having to stop these this organization and you have to do stealth segments, but oh, they yeah, that convoluted There's about excuses for why segments. you can't do vampire powers instead <laughs> of being in stealth. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, there's there's like two stealth segments. The Nadir at the Lord of the Shadow franchise is without doubt the 3DS one, which is like the worst thing ever. But um, okay, well I like that one too, so we can add. I'm that sorry, to I'm sorry, Wheels. It looks ugly and there. 
it does. It feels like it has an identity crisis, and that and that means the game ends up being not that great. And that, like, that, that's like, kind of the issue with the first two. Is it's got like a bunch of random stupid shit, but when it gets when it's like pure actiony stuff, the, the big problem I have is that, it's really good. The big problem I have is that as an action game snob, I can't get over like the lack of any sort of like hit stun or enemies react in a way that makes them feel like my attack did anything. Yeah, but you're an action game stuff. So. I know! Like, I'm the guy that finished Metal Gear Rising on Revengeance mode, which nearly oh, killed God. me. But, like... Like, at some point, it's just like, oh my gosh, I, your health bar is so long, and you don't react at all to being hit, and that bothers me. <laughs> but, uh... Like, I'm looking down through this... Uh, but I yeah, I actually do want to stick up for like Curse of Darkness because I actually I like oh and I do have the the best story ever about uh, having uh, met Koji Igarashi long enough to have him sign an object which I think I talked about on the show but uh, I'm gonna well, tell yeah, again because it's my favorite story that's ever. That's right. What did you have him sign? I, I had him sign Nano Breaker, which oh, was the right. game. <laughs> the game I that for a while and I was just, like yeah. <laughs> the game. The game. Uh, between uh, the game in the Lament of Innocence engine between uh, Lament of Innocence and Curse of Darkness and like I you know I, I took it to him at PAX to have him sign it and like ha- like of course no one else brought Nanobreaker <laughs> <laughs> but I brought Nanobreaker and he was super pumped that someone had brought Nanobreaker for him to sign <laughs> like, I can't wait for Bloodstained Oh, that game looks yeah, so good. Hopefully, it will so come out in time on like a certain other Infinite Creates game. Oh uh, uh, yeah. That, well, I don't. I don't care if it comes out on time, but I want it to look better than the other Intercreates game coming yeah. out. And well, it already does. So, um, <laughs> it it helps that it's running on an engine that isn't dead. So, um, yeah. using using Unreal Four instead of three. <laughs> yeah, it was an important decision. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like, uh, oh man. But like, yeah, he basically like he saw that and like the entire night he basically only ever talked through an interpreter for more than a couple words. But like he saw Nano Breaker and shouted, "Nano Breaker, you're a good gamer!" And it got really fun. <laughs> he must really love that thing. Right. <laughs> he was so happy that someone remembered Nano Breaker. It's, it's, it's basically. Uh... Paint the walls with blood game. <laughs> Paint the walls with blood meets Castlevania Lament of Innocence, which means I kind of love it, but at the same time, like, he, like no one remembered it. And, like, the, his interpreter standing next to him, like, uh, mentioned that, like, he was saying to himself, I thought it was a good game. <laughs> it's just, it was, it was charming to see someone that genuinely excited to sign an object just because they weren't expecting to get the chance to. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, that's a great story. That totally beats me having Sid Meier sign my copy of Civilization II Gold for Mac. Nice. <laughs> I've got a I've got a very incredulous signature from Alexei Pajnov from like the previous packs where like. They they were like oh you can get a signed poster of Alexei Pajitnov if you can uh, from Electri- Alexei Pajitnov if you can answer this like Tetris tri- trivia so like I made an obnoxious ass of myself t- 
to get called on to answer the question. And still, like, it was a multi-choice question that two people had already failed. And it was like, what uh, satellite that was launched into space uh, had uh, Tetris on it? And it was like, no one chose the one with the Russian name. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, no. (laughs) So, 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 like, he signed it, and it's just, like, underneath his signature is just... Dot dot dot. It's Soyuz. <laughs> like he was just incredulous that no one could even think to guess the one with the Russian name. That's bad. Mm-hmm. I do want to play Tetra Poyo Poyo Tetris. Oh man, why don't we have that? Yeah, Ubisoft is fault. It's their fault. Oh, oh yeah, they probably got some. Like they probably aren't willing to work with. Like I guess Sega would own Puyo Puyo at this stage. <sighs> even Ubisoft's version of Tetris can't even work. <laughs> so they yeah, remember that PS4 te- PS4 wrong. running Tetris at 10 frames a second? That was weird. That was weird. But yeah, so, you know, I got a lot of bad things that I love. Maybe I'll learn more things that I... Maybe I'll learn to love more things as I play through some of these that I never played at all, like Wizardry PS2, I don't even know why you exist, but maybe I'll learn to love you. It can't be as hard as the new Wizardry game. Yeah, no. What's weird is that, like, I could never tell until recently whether it and Wizardry 8 were separate games, but they both came out exactly the same time. Like, they're both fall 2001 releases, but they are separate games. Wizardry Tale of the Forsaken Land, which I found for apparently $5, if its price tag is to be believed in like 2010 complete in box which is rare for anything atlas published i think i bought that for like 10 bucks yeah but hey that's i guess i own it now and it's a blue back ps2 cd which means it's sure to run well yeah yeah games on ps2 losing proposition those things break constantly, and I like I looked up like how how long were they allowed to do that? And apparently, like the last one they did was something called Jeep Thrills in two thousand eight. <laughs> like they, they just kept doing those for some. Reason. <laughs> they probably didn't want to spend money on it. Called one of them Jeep Thrills. Oh yeah, here's another one because not enough people love Saga, Romancing Saga. The one on PS2, that's a good game. That is not a bad game. You people should love that. That we like. That's a good game. Yeah, I know, but you brought up something that you said a lot of people don't like, but you think yeah, it's a good game. Yeah, that's true. But uh, but it also does have a lot of bad things in it. It's just in it's there. It's got a lot of, like, the Jewel Beast. Yeah. And anytime, anytime uh, Lords of Shadow is trying to be, uh, what should we call it? God of War? No, no, it's fine when it's trying to be God of War, because God of War sucks. <laughs> and it does Why it much do better. Because like it? <laughs> it does it much better. And it... uh, Here's the solution to every problem in God of War, Cyclone of Chaos. Uh, but what I was trying to say is anytime it's trying to be, uh, what's the name of the Colossus game? Shadow, Shadow of Colossus. Of Col- anytime, it's, it's, yes, anytime it's trying to be Shadow of the Colossus, it's horrible. So bad. Yeah, somehow it's slower and not as fun as that game. <laughs> yeah. Just, ugh. 
Thankfully, like thankfully, those those bits are not in two at all that I can remember. Thankfully, you can also tell two to just do all of your quick time events for you, which makes it a much more palatable experience. Yes. Uh, it's also got actual like Metroidvania structure, which works for it and against it, but it's definitely a better game than one. Yeah, those games got a bad rap. Not the best. The only thing I hated from two from what I little I played was probably the stupid reference to uh, Castlevania Symphony of Night that they made. You don't belong in this world. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that like, was it was done like... so nonchalantly. It's like, yeah. oh, okay, why? There's a, there's a much dumber reference as a capstone to the entire game, so, like, be on the lookout. <laughs> or don't. Like, the game's going to flash it straight in your face. But yeah, I, I, I've got a lot of love for awful games. This is a question we'll probably revisit in one form or another every so often. Just yeah, because... definitely. All right, shall we move on to, to something else? Sure. All right. Okay, so let's see what we got next. Uh, oh god, I closed the thread. Why would you do this? I don't know. Let's see. Yeah, I got it, I got it, I got it. What is the most interesting RPG villain and why? Oh man, I gotta do an essay question. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was from Budai, by the way. Thank you. Uh, I'm gonna go with Luca Blight. Oh, man. Uh, Just go straight for the throat. Yeah, I'm going to steal the best one right away. Um, so, for those not familiar with Suikoden 2, and if you're not... Spoilers! Why aren't you playing it? Go play it now. Go play it. It is, is it's it widely available for the first time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it cannot be... Its power cannot be denied by a bad localization. <laughs> Yeah, no, like if you're if you're used to playing PS1 RPGs, you can deal with the bad localization. Yeah. Uh, I was just playing Grandia One. That's not a great shakes localization. <laughs> I heard the German version is even worse. Oh, that sounds amazing. I got really excited because I realized I had a copy of Grandia Extreme that I've literally never played. Me neither. <laughs> I'm gonna find out. Nice. And maybe try to try to finally finish Grandia Three. Continuing, <laughs> uh, but Luke Blight is just like this sadistic jerk uh, who like murders women and children, if I remember correctly. He's kind of got the screaming crazies. Yeah, but then you find out that hey, um, he, he had a pretty messed up childhood. You don't really see that much in the game. You have to actually dive into yeah. the backstory at like I think it I think the website was called like like bluemoon.net or something yeah there were some sites that had like translations of some of the stuff but uh, the, the thing about it is that like the separation for me between that and like there's a, there's a lot of like villains where it's like oh they're crazy but they had a messed up childhood but like 
Suey Coden doesn't try to use that. But you that still don't like feel bad about it. Yeah, like yeah, it's not an excuse. Yeah. It's an explanation, but it's not an excuse. Exactly. And it's it's especially interesting the way the game handles him in general, because generally, you know, you get the sadistic maniac, and he's got all these crazy followers, and they just follow him, and that's that. But in this case, basically... It's just him. Yeah, and his own people are Everyone else plotting is sort of against like, well, him. Well, this guy's kind of crazy, but he's also kind of our leader, and we're not quite sure how to handle that. Yeah. But they essentially uh, plot his eventual demise, and it, it, I, I can't really... They, they totally just sort of like... Spoilers, they sort of just leave him for dead when you finally do kill him. Yeah. And, and really, the final battle with him is so cool. Because you get like an army battle, and then you have to like chase him down, and and he's like he's like Michael Myers. He just refuses to die. And don't you have to? Yeah, no. It's like literally straight up horror movie villain. Like the amount of stuff that is done to him, (laughs) that still just keeps on fighting. Don't you have to fight him with multiple parties? Yeah, you do. Yeah, it's just. And the coolest thing is the game doesn't even end there. Which... Yeah, like, ironically, that what this does is it means that, like, Suikoden actually has a period of falling action where the war is winding down, but it's not done yet. Yeah. And that's very rare for most, like, video games to have, like, an actual, like, long period of falling action after what could really be considered a climactic battle. And, well, Suikoden 2 is a pretty rare game. Yeah, and then it's... Don't play 4. <laughs> don't play 4. Maybe play 5 if you've got to. Um, it's not bad, it's just... Yeah. It was more of 4, but less so. Uh, it was It was like... It was someone that was... Like, 4 and 5 are both fan fiction, but 4 is bad fan fiction. <laughs> yeah, the, 4 is the, like, what if we showed the it. original Stoltheim Reinbach, you fool? <laughs> <sighs> and 3 is just ugly to look at, even though it's good. Three is good, but it's so slow. Yeah, ugly look at two. It's got a really, really nice. Yeah, yeah, it's intense. Theme. It's an intensely epic game. Three has. It's a... not as ugly as Three Code and Tactics, though. Yeah. Every every character model in that is like an ugly, indiscriminate blob of color. <laughs> Three's just got like this awesome opening theme, though. I, I have to let it play all the way through, pretty much any time I fire that game up. Like, three's biggest sin is just being so slow in every sense of the world. Like, it's slow to move, and it's slow to actually... Like, it's written slow. Yeah. Like, there's a long time before its plot really gets going. Like, you could be... Like, the the way I best heard it put is you can finish 100% Suikoden 1 in the time it takes for Suikoden 3's plot to get going. I've only bothered to play through that exactly one time, so I haven't played the game as the other characters. You haven't picked the other flame champion. True frame champion, yeah. I only, I think I just stuck with making uh, <clears throat> the boy as a flame champion. I didn't mess with Hugo? the other. Yeah. Yeah, I think Hugo is the official flame champion. Mm. But uh... It's like, why should I make these other two flame champion when they're true lightning and water? <laughs> yeah, like, oh, there's an obvious reason. There's other obvious true runes for these guys. Why would I pick them as flame champion? It's like, do, uh, do the other two get the other ones then? Yeah, I think they actually do shuffle them around, but Hugo is, like, meant to be it. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's weird. Like, it, but it, it is an interesting idea. Like, that Trinity site system is part of why the game is so slow, but I get why they were, what they were going for. 
Like, it, it's kind of a shame because there was, like, this last, last gasp at Konami to try to get the original writer back after he left late in the production of 3, and then, like, they couldn't negotiate anything. So all he's ever done since is, like, awful Max Payne knockoff, and Suikoden degenerated into Suikoden, the woven web of the century, which is super bad. I kind of liked Tear Christ, but... The localization uh, is awful. <laughs> there, there's, I don't know. I swear they did something speed to the reading. voices in post-production. I swear they must have done <laughs> something the speed to the voices in post kind of slows down by the end of the game, because at that point they didn't need to worry about uh, RAM limitations. Yeah, like I swear they must have done something to those voices either in pre or post, because it's like they should not sound like that, and they don't in later conversations, so it's like, what happened? Yeah. I feel it's like I, it's I, 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 Tear Grace's problem is more that like, you know, it there's there was an actual RPG. ongoing plot in Suicoden that never got resolved. Yeah. And I kinda feel bad for it because a lot of like you know, the series basically disappearing got placed on that, which isn't fair because it's just Like the issue is that games. Konami had run out of stall tactics to not try to advance the plot beyond where the original writer yeah. had put it. Uh, you just sort of got left with, well, let's spin off into an alternate universe and see if we can't lure him back. But yeah, like, with 4, they just did, let's go super far back and look at Ted's life story. That's probably interesting. <laughs> it's not. And, uh, or, or 5 with Vicky. Yeah, five, well, 5 was like, 5 had Vicky and it had uh, George Prime and like characters that were actually kind of interesting. So, you know, they kind of made it work. One of the one of the people that did like uh, uh, work on Skies of Arcadia also did Super Good and Five, which oh, helps nice. explain why it's not awful. I do remember that like Five has the the multi person attack where like you have the you have the team up that is a really fancy way of doing nothing if you just put all of the Suicoden Code and two characters together. Like Vicky sneezes and then they like crash into each other before they do their big impressive <laughs> attack. Nice. <laughs> it's 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 a good part. Three Code and Five is at least made by people that clearly loved everything that had come before it that was not Three Code and Four. <laughs> yes, yeah, Weekend and Five is good. There's a lot yeah. of game overs. <laughs> yeah. Game over endings. It's fine. I like those. I, I'm the guy that got really excited when he played Matrix: Path of Neo, and the game let me take the blue pill, and Lawrence Fishburne just got really pissed off at me. <laughs> <laughs> like you can do that it's like the best part of that game like you start it up and he's like red pill or blue pill you take the blue pill he's like oh I'm disappointed and then it's just game over <laughs> I love those like Metal Saga one of the other things I ripped that game's wonderful no one's played it why Metal haven't Saga. we got a sequel is... why, why don't we have any of the Metal version. Max 3DS yeah. games Exceed could do that why not <laughs> I could, Atlas like, could that would make that. perfect sense for Exceed too Ax but... Atlas probably still has the license I can't imagine like uh, that it would last that long, but you like mean Metal, Metal like Max Metal Saga, or come on, like someone is like not even the best Metal Max game by a long shot, but it's still like super weird and amusing. But like my favorite thing is like you start the game and your mom's like, "Do you really want to go out and like explore the world in your weird tank?" And you could be like, "No, dinosaur tanks." <laughs> yeah, and you could be like, "No," and then it's just like, "Oh," and you spent your the rest of your life just working as a mechanic. I want to see a real wheel gator tank. Oh, that'd be amazing. That's everything Wheels has dreamed of. It's true. Uh, <laughs> it's very like, true. 
<laughs> or, or like the first party member you get, like you can just talk to her and like say, "Hey, you want to get married?" And she'll be like, "Yes," and then it's just game over. It's like you stopped your journey so that you could get married and raise a family. Mel Saga is just the weirdest thing, and I love it. Like it's nowhere near the best Metal Max game, but like it's the only one we got here, and it's still cool. Uh, I need to import Metal Max for. Yeah, me too. Uh, what's the original? What's the original question? Oh, villains. Yeah, villains. Uh, the best villain is asking me whether I want to quit the game within the game because I will always say yes <laughs> to see what you do. <laughs> I am the villain of every video game. Dragon Lord. Yeah. Oh man, Dragon Lord. Oh man, I remember. Like, I wasn't even sure if this got confirmed, but I remembered like someone, like, reading a claim that Dragon Quest Builders was built around the idea that, like, you took the Dragon Lord's offer. There's there's something like that in Thousand Year Door, where the book tells you not to open it, and usually in RPG you'll do it the opposite of what it says, because that's how you advance the plot, but the game actually gave me overs. <laughs> yeah, or like the or like in Super Paper Mario, there's the guy at the beginning, who's like, where you go on this journey, and you just keep saying no, eventually he will give up. <laughs> but, uh... But that must, no more. Like I love, like I, I really do have a love for. Like I, I will be the villain in your RPG if you just give me the option to say something stupid. <laughs> like that's like that's not really a villain, but it allow me to act as the antagonistic force to my own journey. And yeah, sold. I will be the awful. Like part of the reason I'm going off on this stupid tangent is Wheels already took the best one. Sorry, I hate you. Um. Like, yeah, like, there's only so many ways you can really twist a character to be uh, the sympathetic villain, so that I do have, like, something interest. I, I do have a vested interest in the villain that, like, is unapologetically a crazy maniac. Like... Kefka? Yeah, Kefka's pretty good. Like, really, you know, just, just go just go nuts. Go nuts. Like, my, my biggest issue with Kefka is that there's an explanation, like, oh, he wasn't that crazy before, but then he experiments. The Witch but, in the uh, Hunter Knights, Metalia, she's the villain of that game, even though she's also the main character, pretty much. <laughs> That's cool. You can do both. She's uh, absolutely terrible. Uh, but that's kind of refreshing with the gameplay of that game is kind of off-putting. Yeah. yeah there's, there's some good ideas in there, but they can't be salvaged completely. Like the fact that you're running on calories and it's very easy to run them out of them quickly. Uh, at least it's not. At least it's not Lunar Dragon. Should like remove that mechanic for boss fights at least, because the boss fights get in almost instantly because they can just burn your calories out. Whoops! I'm too hungry. <laughs> I'm too hungry. Can we put off this boss fight? Especially since they're all very difficult boss fights. Oh, sweet. I ran out of calories, and also the boss fight was two-thirds over. Oh, well. I guess I just have to sort of deal with that. Uh, I need to play through that for NISA at some point. I review games. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, it's, I, I do appreciate, like, the occasional unapologetically evil, like, villain, just because, like, once you get to the point with, which is true of basically every RPG, where your plan is essentially going to completely devastate the entire planet and everything on it, no amount of your mom didn't hug you is going to make up for that. 
Like, going for someone who is obviously crazy and always has been is refreshing because it's just like, oh, well, that explains it. <laughs> and it doesn't try to, like, paper over it. Well, like, well, they did it because it's like, I, I don't care. They're still intending to murder millions of people. Yeah. But, yeah. And also, just bringing up the Dark Lord once more, the... the password that he gives you if you try to if you if when he tells you oh you can save with me in japanese is amazing what about how about the inverse of a dark souls 3 scenario where the world's fine and you're screwing it up oh man that'd be kind of neat i would play that let's give like it was fine but then you were like you know what would make this way better is it all dark souls world tendency <laughs> like your job like yeah turn world ten world tendency into your core meter of progress like i want like black in the world tendency do it as best you can <laughs> uh that'd be neat i could go for that yeah that'd be pretty sweet i guess like the closest thing to something like that would be those overlord games that were on the early 360 but i think those also kind of sucked and i never played them so <laughs> they're also not serious they were comedic yeah yeah they were comedic which you know kind of lessens the appeal just let me go crazy uh any other villains we need to talk about i'm just saying i'm the ultimate villain it's me Mm -hmm. what about uh, albedo from Oh, oh man he was really upset that he was immortal well, up that's, until that, that point, <laughs> that's a that's a that's a character motivation that can please go to hell and die. <laughs> I was really I was really sad because I was never going to die. That's I'm going to say that right now. That's not a relatable problem. <laughs> no. But. Uh... Yeah, like, I'm trying to remember what he is before that. I remember Child Molester, but that's about it. Because I remember the scene that they altered because, like, it was just him digging right into Momo's abdomen. But that's about all I remember of him doing anything. Did they? Like, I don't remember anything else about what he does in Xenosaga 1. <laughs> like, I remember Junior. I remember Ruby Doe's, like, plot. I don't remember anything about what Albida does. He'd just be really crazy, that's all. Yeah, yeah, being crazy is pretty cool. And then they try to explain it, because like, oh, I'm really sad that I'm going to live forever. And it's like, you guys completely lost me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think of other villains. Good villains. Yeah, good villains. Uh, What? Shredder? Not not necessarily Uh, related, but yeah, good villain. Yeah, Shredder. Shredder. Uh, I don't know, villain of well, FF12, whoever you pick. Show. Say what? At least in the new troll show. He's just a straight-up sociopath. Yeah. yeah. But what about Kevin Nash Shredder Wheels? The Super Shredder? <laughs> the Super Hell Shredder yeah, man! From getting, from getting a dock dropped on him? <laughs> well, he doesn't die, because they do the stinger at the end, remember? Oh, yeah, they do the stinger at the, at the end, but then they forget about it. Because <laughs> the <laughs> third movie happens, and then nobody wants to remember that movie. Oh, man. Ninja, ninja, rap, ninja. That was too ninja, though, man. Rap, rap, yeah. What? Ninja, go, ninja, go, go, ninja, 
Yeah, Super Shredder was two. Yeah, Super Shredder's two, but, you know, no, three we, doesn't bring that up ever. We don't talk about three. Yeah. But, uh... We talk, he was I, taking an arc of the comics and just completely ruining it. We, we talk I about... Love, I love how crazy the Ninja Turtle comics we, are. We talk about the animated movie that follows up three, though, because that was... Well, technically, the animated... The CG 2007 movie ignores three. It just and, goes like, from two... Uh, it does, but I believe like there's a mask or something like that that you can there, see. There's like the a nod. To yeah, there's a nod to it, but it tries to like ignore it as best as possible. Yeah, that's 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 actually a pretty good movie. The only thing that doesn't make any sense in that animated film is the fact that Karai's even there. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. Yeah, they don't bring it. There's no like explanation as to where she came from. She's just sort of there. Oh, I, I've been the second commands. I just they didn't put me in the last two movies. <laughs> I was fine with Karai being there, but it was like you could have at least pr- tried to explain where she came from. Cause yeah, it was like where the hell did this woman come from? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I love Ninja Turtles. Where's my Ninja Turtles RPG? Like we've got a Ninja Turtles Platinum game. Now we need a Ninja Turtles RPG. Just take that engine, put RPG elements in it, and make it open world. Oh, uh, sold. Yeah. Certified turtle find. Oh man, it's the RPG based off of the. The ill-advised Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles next mutation slash Power Rangers in space crossover. What? <laughs> what? That's that's real. That happened. No, it didn't happen. That happened. The turtles steal the Power Rangers spaceship. What? <laughs> Teenage Mutant Defty Turtles. It's super bad. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Next Mutation needs to go to hell and disappear forever. Ugh. Live action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh no, you you weren't supposed to speak the name. You've unsealed the arc. No, you're supposed to say it three times in a dark room. Oh, well, we're not doing that. I don't want you to have the chance to do that, so we're moving on. <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay, villains. Uh, one more villain. Uh, Eric RPG as of now. <laughs> uh, let's see. I've been tossing around a few ideas already, but uh, I'd have to go with... Let's see. Uh, can I just say Kefka again? Yeah, sure. <laughs> go ahead. We didn't really go into him, other than me passing over the fact that I was mildly disappointed he's given, like, a he wasn't always completely crazy. <laughs> but that's a minor quibble. Now, actually, I like to believe that he always was crazy. They just made it He was just better at hiding it. Whoop, 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 whoop. So yeah, the the power just made him even crazier. Um, that makes sense. But uh, yeah, the first villain I recognize that actually accomplished his goals. Yeah, yeah. Like the FF6 world is kind of completely like ruined, regardless of how much you succeeded in killing him. Yep. Yeah, like like the ending tries to play off as it it'll get better because he's not there to influence it even further, but. Like, it, it'll stop getting worse, yeah. but, like, it'll be eons before that damage is even remotely healed. <laughs> uh, they tried to do that with Sephiroth, and it just didn't work. They like, they don't even try with Sephiroth. It's baffling. Like, it's just, like, I remember, I think it's Kazushige Nojima that, like, I remember reading an interview about Advent Children, he was like, I view the happy ending of Final Fantasy VII to be that humans all die and that there's just red 13s everywhere. <laughs> it's just like, wow, Nojima, you got uh, curious ideas about what happy endings are. 
Well, <laughs> from what I could tell, the ending doesn't indicate that humanity is dead. It's just that area where Midgar was is not populated anymore. To be fair, that place is ripped. Like, 500 like, years later, that probably should still be way, like, bombed to hell. Uh, well, yeah, uh, Advent Children, why did it exist? Why Why is Rufus still alive? I remember, <laughs> I like, escape that a, attack. there's a fascinating interview with Tetsuya Nomura from when, from before Advent Children came out, where he's basically like, yeah, this isn't ten, really what... Song, Song died too, but he's apparently alive. <laughs> yeah, whatever, man. Like, he dies really early in FF7. There's no real reason for him to be back, but, like, Basically, there's an interview with Nomura from right before... They actually used the revive material. <laughs> oh, man. Finally, someone got to use it. But uh, they, there's an interview with Nomura from right before Advent Children came out, where he's basically like, yeah, this isn't really like what characters in FF7 acted like, and it's not really what the game was about, but like it's, it's what the fans wanted, so we made a movie for the fans, so, you know... I liked it from the pure action standpoint, but everything else is just like yeah. it's it's a mess. <laughs> like that interview is just what makes me comforted that like FF seven remake is going to be more like FF seven and less like Advent Children. It's like, oh, they understand that Advent Children was not representative of the FF seven experience, but like they did it anyway as fan service, but now they're doing an FF seven remake. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh... So yeah, there's your villains. Yeah. yeah. So Jeff Gunn, Luca Blight, we like crazy people. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna challenge you to. I, I was thinking of one of my favorite Zelda villains. So we'll see if you guys can come up with other stuff. Your favorite non-Ganon Zelda villain. Demise. Demise is Ganon. That doesn't work. No, no. Ganon is Demise's hatred given form. Yeah, but Demise actually still does have a character. distinct personality from Ganon. I was going to yeah. go with Girahim, so I was thinking the same game, at least. Yeah, Girahim and, like, Girahim is Demise's Master Sword. It's pretty great. He's, like, super fucked up and weird. Yeah, <laughs> and all the battles against him are pretty cool. Oh, those are great. It was, that, that, that was the, my defining moment of the game, and that's exactly why I gave it a 9.5 when I reviewed it back yeah. on my podcast. Oh, it's like, yeah. the game might have lots of other small micro-issues, but I think the game's presentation completely blows that out of the water. Yeah, I like the, love, the love, fight love that with, game. The fight with Demise where you're like actually competing for Skyward Strikes is the craziest thing. Yeah. I basically just shield-blocked him to hell. <laughs> and then took him out when he was um, briefly stunned. I, I feel like that's the thing that like each 3D Zelda keeps getting better and better final boss fights and like like Skyward Swords is just like ridiculously good. Yeah, people hate the controls, but screw those people. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't, I wouldn't have them any other way. It, just, it makes the game. There's nothing like bowling. There's no game like Skyward Swords. No. Even like the motion control waggle fest that was the Wii version of Twilight Princess. And it was even simpler then. You just all, all you did is slight gestures. You didn't have to worry about precise sword strikes. I haven't played that. I only had the GameCube at the time. Yeah, it's the version I had to play because I didn't have a Wii and at the time. it was better than the GameCube version, in my opinion, because it you had more stock up your, the three yeah. items. 
You had to really switch important. items constantly in the GameCube version. Yeah, it was, it was yeah you only get two buttons. It's really yeah. obnoxious. It's because it's one of the shoulder buttons was used to summon Minna, so they couldn't put another one in there. So is it true they completely flipped the world in the Wii version? Yeah, yeah. They really changed his handedness. That's they actually left that in the HD version, but it's only in Hera mode. Yeah, that's what yeah, I'm like, playing it, now. It, and which, they didn't which plays keep along with controls, uh, so you can't play with the Wiimote. But like they, yeah. they made it play along actually with uh, like when they did Ocarina of Time 3D. If you played Master Quest in that version, you had right-handed Link, and the world was flipped. So apparently, hard mode is right-handed Link. <laughs> I, I'm not a fan of hero mode. I mean, I, like I, I don't think that... I don't. I don't think not letting you restore hearts unless you use a potion is a good alternative for changing the difficulty of a game. Yeah, I, it's I, the game, but I don't want that for yeah, a hard. I agree. I'm playing it because I want a harder version, but it's definitely not. It's far from the ideal version. They, this, yeah. Just yeah. make enemies do more damage. Yeah, that's an option in uh, Twilight Princess if you HD if you have uh, the Ganon amiibo. But you know, I don't want have to want to buy a plastic figure just to do that. Yeah. yeah. Wait, what can you do with the Ganon amiibo? If you tap the Ganon amiibo, enemies do double damage. Oh. It's it's actually pretty evil if you use it along with hero mode because you could set yourself up in situations where from full health at the start of the game, aka three hearts, you could be dead <laughs> in one hit. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> There's like I think there's something else that will like pop it up to quad damage. It's just like well, no, it's like times five. Not, oh God, not times two. Yeah, it's it's like it's crazy, and it's just like oh well, in case you wanted to hate yourself, which is a big problem in Twilight Princess because the enemies did so little damage to begin with most of the time. Yeah, yeah, like it's, so I, it's, I I think dark I think dark knuckles dark nuts are harder than Ganon is because just because Ganon does significantly less damage than the dark nuts do. Yeah, I remember they they finally like when they decided that they wanted to make a link to the past sequel. You know, with Link Between Worlds, that game actually like enemies do do can, can do considerably more. There's like some enemies that will do like three or four hearts of damage. I like the Cyclops enemies. Yeah, I hate those things. Yeah. They take so much damage too. Yeah, they're they're brutally like it. It made you really excited though when you got like the aura to upgrade your sword because it's like yes. That also had another good villain for the series. Oh yeah, Yuka. Yeah. I uh, thought that Zant was a good villain until he realized he was just a lackey. So you realized that he is a dancing puppet man. Yeah. All the shadow, all like all like the shadow world stuff in that game was cool though. Yeah, I just like the part where you get to the Twilight Realm and like you pull out your sword because like you see a bunch of things that look like enemies and it's just like, oh, you get the option to talk to this thing. <laughs> Midna really steals the show in that game, though. Yeah, pretty much. But hopefully they will know not to uh, try to uh, capture that lightning in a bottle the second time. Yeah. That would kind of cheapen things. That game was interesting, though, because it's like, okay, Zelda, we don't need you. You can just kind of go over here. We we it's got kinda, we got a princess this much cooler. It's, it's it's kind of interesting playing uh the like both GameCube Zeldas have really obvious like cuts to them where it's like you can see where cut content was supposed to be and isn't. Yeah. Like you know 
the avowed missing Wind Waker dungeons that are like, oh, there's no way that Jaboon was supposed to just give you this pearl and not do and you not do anything, yeah, or the Triforce Hunt dungeons. It's a lot bigger deal in uh, uh, Wind Waker, obviously. Yeah, because when well, like the thing about it is that like Twilight Princess has a lot more content in on the whole, so you yeah. don't really think as much about the parts where there's obviously something missing. Yeah. I'm trying to remember yeah. parts of the game that would have been something missing. Yes, it is. I know that there was something I noticed while I was playing, and it's like, oh, this is there's probably supposed to be something here, and there isn't. But I'm trying to remember what it was. I had like a really good exhibit A of this a couple days ago. Well, I think it was kind of weird that you go through the whole thing to get to the Temple of Time, and then it's just like the one puzzle there, and that's about it. Oh, it's right. a dungeon, but it's kind of an abbreviated dungeon. Yeah, it's like it's built entirely around the Dominion Rod, which is super cool. But yeah, you know. but that's probably not. But it's used nowhere really else in the game, so yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless you want to so get some hearts. That's a, that's a, that's an item that it's really hard to find a good balance used for. That like it needs to have a handful of set pieces to use it. But uh, there's some stuff that's just like I, I swear there's some things in there that it's just like I don't. I think the thing I, I hate like... most about Skyward Sword is probably that the final dungeon was just a remix of all the other dungeons. That's kind of like just last dungeonitis. But it was like confusing as hell because he had to do some puzzle thing to like move. You the shifted the dungeons, uh, the dungeons rooms. I actually yeah. quite like that because like most of the other Zelda final Zelda dungeons are just here's a room or two from each dungeon, but this was like here something that makes you completely rethink how these dungeons fit together, but I can totally see like looking at that and being like, this is just I mean, it's a cool terrible. idea, but in execution, I felt yeah. because you got confused of how you were supposed to proceed, because yeah. it works. Yeah, like I... Like, and it wastes time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then, but then after that, luckily, you get the immediate final confrontation, which is like mm-hmm. the best of the series, so... Yeah. It evens out eventually. Or, or the you know the part where you have to collect tadpole notes. Oh man, the tadpole notes! Like the swimming in that is good, except until like the motion sensor like gets messed up. And at least you... the at least the Twilight Spirit vessel things that are, that are still there are confined to a single area, so that's good. Even though yeah. you have to pretty much stealth it. Yeah, yeah. Like you get they're they're kind of interesting because they play like some sort of weird Pac Man. <laughs> like you're playing weird 3D Pac-Man to get those. Yeah, it's interesting. I saw so many reviews complained about that. I really like those parts. They're interesting, and the fact that there's only three of them helps. Yeah, I did like the part where you have to lose all your weapons and have to metal your solid them all back. Yeah, the <laughs> the game actually is well segmented there. So like when you you like you messing up there doesn't make you super angry. <laughs> Just a well put together game. I miss. I, I'm really sad that the magma were apparently genocided by the ge- the Gorons. Mm. That's the only explanation I can come up with for why magma have never shown up again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> uh, well, yeah. Well, Zelda's I... got a lot of good villains. Yeah. Sorry for any Vati fans that we didn't list him. Mm. <laughs> I think Gavati could have used more development. Yeah, Vati is just sort of like, oh, I'm not Ganon. <laughs> uh, General Anox and like 
Sorceress Vera and then the Oracle games are pretty neat. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Uh, trying to think who else we got. It's kind of sad because I like the Oracle games a lot, and I liked Minish Cap, but I think Minish Cap was a weak game. Yeah. Before. Yeah. That game was frustrating. Capcom's last game that they ever did for Zelda. And I have never finished either Phantom Hourglass or Spirit Tracks, so I don't they're know. They're terrible. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not great. I, I, I think it's not the motion controls that bother me. It's the fact that they ruined exploration, especially in Spirit Tracks where it's on rails, literally. I like the rails because you can pull the train whistle. Well, I don't, I don't the only part you want is to blow train to with you and usually try to ram into you, and it's yeah. hard to get out of that. But hey, wheels, go, go, Thomas. <laughs> oh, why? This guy sent me a copy of Disgaea 5, but he had removed its actual case and just put, like, the a freaking Thomas the Tank Engine DVD. <laughs> <sighs> you know, I know all the lyrics to the theme song. Unfortunately, unfortunately. A young child. Sorry to see George Carlin be the conductor. Oh my god. It's the conductor. <laughs> it was so funny because it was just, you know, playing some random episodes for my son, and I hadn't even, I don't think I'd either realized or hadn't remembered that he'd done that. And, you know, here. George like Carlin, Rufus, and Bill and Ted, too. Yeah. It's like. Yeah, he is, actually. It's just like, is, is that George Carlin? Is he narrating Thomas? What? How did this happen? I don't understand. Eh, Alec Baldwin is also a very weird choice, too. Yeah. There's a lot of strange choices that have narrated Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah. And you next, ever want to have a really... You'll know, they'll do Thomas the Tank Engine with Snoop Dogg. Oh, oh man. <laughs> He's got a little show for now, too, for basically a parody of Planet Earth. Gonna say, like, I remember, like, I think the best way to use time is to occasionally go to like TV tropes and look at someone getting really mad about the continuity of a children's show. Like, there is like (laughs) an ongoing debate in like their Thomas the Tank Engine article about when the series went bad. (laughs) So Uh, if you're if you're ever bored, go have a look at that. That's a good time. The series was bad when it was in between the old style and the new 3D style. <laughs> when, it, when it was these horrifying mix of not good CG and bad puppets. Yes. <laughs> and sometimes it was like the puppets with CD, CG slapped onto them, and it's just like, oh, no! <laughs> Stop! Stop! Uh, that's the only... The, that's the a, series that's... was bad when it became frightening to small children. <laughs> that's almost as bad as, like, Thunderbirds. Oh, man. Oh, man. You're mixing live action and... Wooden dolls. Oh. Super Marionation. <laughs> Super Marionation. Oh, Gary Anderson made some strange t- uh, TV. Thomas and Friends. Go, go. Thomas. No, stop, stop. Okay, we no. need to move on to another question because we've been rambling. Okay, yeah. And I uh, apologize for my part. In this, villains, my villains fun. Okay. Uh, okay, we found villains. The villains are me talking constantly. Uh, my, uh, do we have to talk about MUDs? I don't want to get angry about this, but I don't have any experience with MUDs. <sighs> okay, we're not talking about multi-user done. I, I'm Budai? Sorry, Budai, but I, I don't yeah, know anything. Eric, do you know much. anything about muds? No, I've never messed okay. with mud before. Budai, we'll we'll talk about muds when we have someone on that has any clue. Yeah, about we those. will we will file this away for when we've got like someone that knows about muds. Cause, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, 
Here's a good one. With the advent of online gaming, this is from the walking dude. Yeah. The on, with the advent of online gaming comes the very real potential of games being lost forever. With non-online games, pretty much the only thing that could cause this is legal injunction, like with Two Human or the Guy Game. What happened with Two? The Guy Game got uh, removed from sale from sale because it had a 17-year-old in it. Oh dear! Yep. So technically, possession of that is illegal for anyone. It's not just you can't sell it. Wow. Okay. What about Two Human? Uh, Two Human was a casualty of the Silicon Knights Epic Games lawsuit, where Silicon Knights said you didn't support our attempts to develop an Unreal Engine three well enough, and Epic Games was like you literally stole our code and used it to make your engine, and Epic Games won. So, like Two Human and X Men Destiny both got removed from shelves for containing stolen code. Okay. All right. Those are both awful. All right. Uh, but with online-only or online-heavy games, all it takes is a server shutdown. We're already seeing this with the earliest MMOs like Ashron's Call and, well, with all Wii games. Is there any way to prevent this from happening, preserve those online components? Not really. Uh, like, there's, there's always hobbyist attempts to, like, keep MMOs going. I yeah. Mean, some of them work, some of them don't, but, like, they're... At the very least, I'm always glad that someone is trying to like. Oh, you want to be the poor? You're the poor sucker that still wants to play Matrix Online. More power to you. At least yeah. you're trying. I heard somebody took like the idea of Dragon Ball Online. Basically, it's just reconstructed it. <laughs> <laughs> like that's basically what Dragon Ball Xenoverse is. <laughs> like the the plots are shockingly similar. It's kind of sad actually, but the uh... the plots are similar, but the gameplay is vastly different. Yeah, it's less of an MMO and more like a fight, fight slash action. Yeah. Uh, another difficulty with this is that a lot of MMOs change drastically over their lifetime, so it's even harder to like preserve the history of that. Like, if you look at World of Warcraft, uh, if you were playing on day one, you're playing essentially an entirely different game. <laughs> yeah, it, it, or even like an expansion or two in that game has just changed drastically. Like, I went and played my hunter after. I don't even know how many years away, and it was like, what is this awful, terrible class I'm playing? What what happened to my old hunter? So much I don't understand. Changed. The old hunters. I don't understand. But uh, uh, yeah, like or like speaking of like dead MMOs that I think someone's attempted to reverse engineer. Uh, Star Wars Galaxies, like a year and a half into it, completely redid its entire combat system. <laughs> yeah. So like. Are you even? Which version are you even preserving? Yeah, so that's really difficult to begin with. I mean, it'd probably have to be like an effort with just uh, like well-maintained code base where people could go back and do. <laughs> oh, MMO with a well-maintained builds. code base. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, oh, that's a, that's a funny joke you got there, Wheels. I, I mean, there's enough non-game software out there that has poorly maintained code bases that thinking of it for an MMO is just laughable. Yeah, I mean, like, the the good success story with, with this would be something like Fantasy Star Online Blue Burst, which still has fan servers running that work perfectly, but most yeah. of that's client-side is the problem. Yeah. Like, it, that, was a, that was a particularly doable option because, oh, that game's stored almost everything client-side, oftentimes to its detriment because it was like, oh, people cheat really hard by <laughs> hacking their character client-side and then just putting it in server. Yeah. 
I, I mean, as as far as like the Wii games he mentioned and like anything that just has like an online mode, there's a lot of ways around that, that people have done before. Like there's... yeah, because like again, none of those like I can't think of a single Wii game that was like almost entirely online. Uh, like except like Dragon Quest X Mon- Wii version, but... Monster Hunter Three. But uh, why would you not be playing Monster Hunter Three Ultimate? Well, like my response to that would be like. Monster Hunter 3 is probably almost entirely client-side 2. You would just need to emulate the server. Yeah. I still haven't played 3 despite having the Wii U version. Ah, uh, play it! Some... Or just play 4. Yeah, because I hear the water parts aren't that great. We actually, in our last uh, episode, Wheels, was like, if you have to play a version of 3, portable 3rd HD version is probably the best one. Uh, yeah, because yeah, it has no water. Yeah, but or you could just play four or generations. Yeah, but uh, uh, on the Wii U, three is probably the best of the ones the best with, you're wa- gonna get. with water. Because like you actually have two analog sticks. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I mean you can if you're playing on the new 3DS or have the uh, which Circle was Pad it? Pro. Circle Pad Pro, you can have it. But even you know, even that version's you... also got like a graphical hit because it's like weird and sort of yeah. Odd looking, but even but it's it's still a good version. Even but. if you have the good controls, the water parts are just not not great. Like it's not yeah, it's not really fun to f- to fight underwater. Yeah, um, water doesn't add much to it. Like Ford swapped it out for like catapulting yourself into the air, and that and made, made way more sense. That is awesome, and <laughs> I like like that on the cool. monsters Be- and then slashing in the hell. Oh, it's so great. Like like that's like the thing about. But the thing that makes underwater gameplay so uninteresting most of the time is that being underwater feels like an inherent handicap. Yeah. Like, you're do you, slow... Do you have, like, an oxygen meter, or do you, like, somehow breathe in? Definitely. Yeah, you have an oxygen, me- oxygen meter. It's pretty long, but you do have one. I feel like yeah. you can, can't get, like, stuff, like, potions you can drink that extend it. But you can, yeah. Like, it just it makes for a lot more preparation, and, like, oh, gotta go away from the monster long enough to breathe, and, yeah. yeah. Uh, the best the best times it was used when is when you're not underwater for all that long, like some of the monsters that just like a monster go. that can jump into the water yeah. and then jump back out. Yeah, and spends most of his time on land and just some time in water. Um, yeah, like four four took that idea of like monsters that can be fought in ways that are novel and t- turned that into catapulting yourself to f- until it hit them in the air, or, like, verticality of play area, which made it much more interesting. That was like, oh, the play area becomes a challenge rather than an encumbrance. Yeah, environment design in general in 4 was just superb, whereas in 3, a lot of the areas were just kind of bland, and it's just like, they'd have, like, one or two water areas, and that would be where the monster that you're looking for is. And, it's just like uh, there, there is that inherent like pr- difference of perception where like if you're in the water and like there like I, I'm thinking about like games that have good water sections and they're things like Majora's Mask where being in the water you're differently equipped but you still feel nimble and powerful yeah and then like bad water sections are things like well like Monster Hunter Try where it's like I feel like I'm playing myself like like I do on land, but garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, they really needed to just make the hunters like super super speedy underwater. Yeah, and, like, and then it would have been fine. Honestly, yeah, like players don't like playing in environments yeah, that make them like, feel inherently handicapped. Yeah, or something that makes yeah. them fast. Yeah. yeah. 
with a nice. Oh yeah, oh yeah, like just have me forge a different kind of armor that makes me way better at underwater combat, and I'll do it. <laughs> I think uh, three ultimate actually reduced the number of underwater battles. I never like went back and double checked this, but I, I, I feel swear like the monsters they add probably de-emphasized underwater combat. I, yeah, yeah. Um, so they might not have reduced the number, but since they were a smaller proportion. Yeah. But hey, this is far afield from the original question. <laughs> well, kind of, but yeah. yeah. Uh, like, uh, as for, like, successful attempts to preserve dead... Th did Asheron's Call finally properly die? Because he mentions that. I'm not sure. I'm trying to think of others that have died. I know uh, Dark Age of Camelot is oh, one. finally die? I believe so. The Ashron's Call. Ashron'sCall.com still exists. Um, all of its host servers are still online over 15 years after the game's original launch. Is Ultima Online still alive? There's like, there's a lot of them that are like so old that you'd think they were dead, but no, somehow they're still alive. Like, let's see. Yeah, no, Ultima Online's still kicking somehow. Yeah, wow, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. So is EverQuest. Like, but I think Ultima Online also has emulated servers as well, so... And, like, EverQuest actually uh, tackles things in a very interesting fashion, because EverQuest has servers that, like, they start... They'll do, like, these legacy servers where, like, they'll start with the base game, and then, like, every few months, they'll apply one of its now bazillion-strong expansion packs. <laughs> so you can sort of play the game like you would have when it was coming out. Oh, that's pretty cool. Just, like, that's that's the ultimate in, like, making additions, like, in, like, trying to preserve the experience of an old MMO. Yeah. Well, I think... Uh, kind of the fear of this will probably go down over time because as server technology and things like that improve and become more portable, it might be a lot easier for companies to either say, "Oh, we'll just leave the server up," you know, for we'll, e we'll either leave the server up or we'll just like make it pot like release code to yeah. make it more possible or to just, emulate server. Just like here, download this virtual image and you can run your own server. Yeah. Also, the most recent EverQuest uh, expansion was released on November 18th of last year. Uh, wow. I keep a constant like knowledge of this because it always baffles me that there's still... Can you imagine having to work with that like code base and engine? No. Nope. Uh, I hope it's been refactored over the years, but I'm guessing not. Probably not as often as it ought to have been. Yeah. Um... Yeah, like, the the preservation of these is very fascinating, especially, like, looking at some of the things that should be preserved that aren't, like that Kickstarter that's selling ROMs of Socks to Cat, Rocks to Hill that pisses me off. <laughs> it's like, guys, that's gross, that's just straight-up piracy. <laughs> um, like, I, I do feel like there's a certain, like, moral obligation of, like, if you have the only copy of something, it's your duty to make sure that it doesn't disappear. Yeah. So, like... I, I do appreciate people that go out of their way. Like, even games that I have no desire to ever play, I appreciate people going out of their way to try to construct solutions to allow them to continue to be played even after they've died. 
Like, it is a shame that, like, getting hold of, say, all of the grotto maps in Dragon Quest IX is now basically impossible. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, we're definitely entering a new front. A new age of Fatso. A new new age of lost content, I guess. Um, it's, it's a shame, because, you know, a lot of these games have really cool online experiences, and there's just no way, even if you could, you know, recreate the server in some way, probably no way to emulate the same experience, like... Yeah, you, you do your best to mechanically emulate it but it's like yeah. you can't re you can't recreate the experience of 5 million people all being on the same yeah. like, thing doing the same thing and no one quite knowing how any of it worked like 10 years down the line if i could if i could say run my own destiny server you know that'd be cool but uh you can't re-experience the yeah. period where everyone's running through the non-instance portions yeah. of a map and the P- pvp uh well, PvP would be non-existent, <laughs> pretty much. Hey, you'd finally win a match. You shut up, sir. You've won <laughs> plenty of matches, just not in Trials of Osiris. <laughs> it was a really easy jab, you have yeah, to admit. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's important. I I have no expertise on it. Yeah. I just I, like I spent a couple days ripping my old PS2 game, but that's almost entirely selfish. Yeah. All, all of them have been ripped before, but it's, it's an important topic, especially in you know our area of expertise being RPGs, because there's so many MMOs. Someone's gotta preserve. Yeah. I don't know, like I'm like someone's gotta preserve like the five million versions of RuneScape. <laughs> Well, I guess the good thing is a lot of these uh, games that just maintain like some kind of decent number of years of your base will kind of just stay up for an indefinite yeah. period of time. Like, like uh, Ultima Online will die when the children of everyone who first played it have all died. <laughs> but what if their children's children are still playing it? Well, then they'll be told. Well, there's server emulation for Ultima Online already. <laughs> Because there's some people that want to play it from before it had a com- it was completely re-engined. Oh God! I want to play it 1997 style or bust. Did you ever see the crazy like thing about how horses worked and all that nonsense? No. I'm gonna see if I can find this while you keep going on. All right. Uh. Well, I'm gonna see if we can fit in one more question. The uh, last two are kind of about about uh, OSTs, so just combine this into one. Uh, from Strawberry Eggs, I've been checking every so often to see if Stella Glow OST is being released. Just so far, no avail. Remember that it took a year for the Arc Rise Fantasia soundtrack to be released after the game came out in Japan. On the other hand, Stella Glow was published by Sega in Japan, and there's another image epoch developed Sega published RPG that has no full OST, Sands of Destruction. That was Image oh, Epoch? Yeah. Mm. yeah. They were related in, that, in some fashion. Yeah, okay. My question is, do you think this is this may be due to Image Epoch going bankrupt? Isn't it Sega that owns those assets? Also, are there any games you enjoy that don't have official OSTs released for? Uh, and then... So, uh, I, I think it I, I think it probably has as much to do with the fact that, like, I don't know that the game did great numbers in Japan. Yeah. 
And then uh, Victor just adds another point to this, asking, uh, just saying, if OSTs aren't available, he's totally for uh, at least there's YouTube, he says. And yeah, basically, there's ways to get hold of it. And then he asks, how do you ensure you're buying the real thing, which I don't really have an answer to. I think it's it weird depends upon the OST. What's but that? I think it's weird with OSTs. Like, like, a lot of them do end up on iTunes, but nobody really advertises this. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's like, how am I supposed to know to get soundtracks if I don't get informed? Yeah. Like, websites aren't talking about it, the publishers aren't talking about it. Yeah. Twitter they just sort of put it up and whatever sales they get from things. it, it's like, eh. Yeah, like, I, I remember searching around on iTunes and found, like, Saga soundtracks, like, uh, of the DS remakes, and it was like, why is this here? Three soundtracks why did no one tell me? For All like of Falcom's back catalogs getting put up slowly. Yeah. Yeah, Mother 3 soundtracks been on there for like 10 or years. Or you just go to point. Falcom Music Channel on YouTube and listen to them there. I think I, I know I heard about Falcom somewhere. It may have been from Xseed. Falcom's always known to like, hey, our soundtracks are super important, so like they actually do put out some degree of word on it as much as they can. But... Yeah. Because they've always had the good sense of like, oh, then, there's a new East game coming out. Let's pack its soundtrack in because people will buy for that. Yeah. In the occasions that Nintendo does soundtrack, they rarely go up on iTunes. Thankfully, yeah. uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X did, although I bought it from K- Japanese got a soundtrack, iTunes. but you can only get it through Club Nintendo. <laughs> you would think That's that weird. like five years down the line, they would have put it on iTunes, but no. Uh, yeah, like that's that's basically like more of them are put out than you'd really think about just because no one talks so about really it. Want that Super yeah. Mario Galaxy soundtrack, but you oh, don't put it on so iTunes. Yeah. I I got the uh, Monster Hunter Three soundtrack on iTunes, which is a pleasant surprise. Yeah, a lot more of them are up for download than you'd think, so that's always worth like yeah. looking for just by virtue of like, oh, it might actually be there. It's just like not consistent or anything like that. Like, I don't think 4 or 3 Ultimate ever showed up on iTunes. I do think it's weird that Xenoblade X's soundtrack is published by Sony, though. Is it? That's yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, record oh. label. Um, I, I, I blame it's probably something to do with the fact that most of it's done by Hiroyuki Sawano. But, uh, uh, and it's just an oddball soundtrack. I love it. So yeah, it's, it's super eclectic. It's, it's so bad. It's good sometimes. Like there's like all of the all of the vocal tracks are amazing bad, and I love them. <laughs> I love the battle track. The it's battle so track good. is like like the battle track is is like straight up like eternity from Blue Dragon tier. Like only there's just, no drunken fifty year old man singing. <laughs> There, there's no drunken former Deep Purple lead singer singing. <laughs> yeah, that's like emo stuff, but it's it's around the same level though. Yeah, it's just it's... not as energetic. Fear and doll in your eyes, showing you what you can see. Reaching yeah, Mr. Lyrics is the best video. video. <laughs> well, I think that music weirdly fits the game, though. It's no, it's it it's... it is fitting in a strange fashion. Yeah. I wouldn't have it any other way, no. but I th- I think I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, to answer the beginning question I wouldn't really give up hope on uh, Stella Glow yet, but it is a question like also of like where do the soundtrack rights even lie? Like 
It's Sega published, but was there some separate issue with the composer? Who knows? Like, it's, it's really individualized. Yeah. Like, Image Epoch going bankrupt definitely didn't make the rights clearer. It might not have made them murkier, but it definitely didn't make them clearer. Uh, I think the the CEO of that company basically is trying to commit fraud or something, or evade taxes or something. Uh, that happens a lot when companies go bankrupt. It's like, I'm just really trying to keep what money I have and then spend it on something else. <laughs> but... Uh, <sighs> Like, Sega might own it. It might belong to one of their creditors, actually. Uh, or it might belong to the composer, depending upon how contracts were written. Yeah. But, I mean, if you want to go up and listen, pull the soundtracks from YouTube. Uh... Uh, thankfully, we do live in a world where, like, it, 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 the question isn't can I get it, but can I get it legally? Yeah. Like... The, the internet will provide, but I do understand the, like, I really want to get a legitimate version of this that, like, came from the people that own it and might yeah. pay towards whoever put it together. But I mean, if they don't sell it and you still really feel bad, you can just buy another copy of the game. I it's not like the, that's the site. thing that always assuages me about the soundtrack is I bought the game. The soundtrack was in that. <laughs> <laughs> the last big soundtrack I bought was, like, Final Fantasy XII, and that was back when it first came out. Oh, nice. Oh. That is on iTunes, thankfully. Sakamoto. That's like 40 bucks for soundtracks. Now, why can't these digital ones be cheaper than this? Uh, I, paid I would say to avoid competing with brick and mortar, but who, what brick and mortar is stocking that? <laughs> uh. Yeah, like it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, well, this is what we expect. People will pay for it. And they probably will. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully as more of those end up on iTunes, uh, it'll be a bit easier to find things. Yeah, I would hope so. Yeah. Like, I, I dream of the world where, like, we at least know who owns all of these things. Yeah. Because it is really, like, tragic. Like, oh, that company went out of business, and who knows who owns its assets now. I'm still sore about the Etrian Odyssey 4 soundtrack that was in a arranged version of the PC-88 or whatever they were using. Yeah, like that. the FM synth that uh, yeah. Koshiro always does. Mm-hmm. It kind of just didn't happen. <laughs> there was no word on it not happening. It just didn't happen. People it forgot about it. It just failed to materialize. Oh. That's terrible. Like, Koshiro always loves doing those in FM synth because like, that's just what he, how he rolls. But uh... I hope they at least do it for five. That'd be yeah. cool. Yeah. Nice that we're finally getting information on five. That'll be that'll be interesting. That'll, that'll probably, probably be the three. last three DS one that'll be made. I think they already said it's the last three DS one, but... and then it'll migrate onto phones and become a Gachapon game. You shut your mouth, sir. Etrian <laughs> <laughs> uh, Odyssey record keeper. Etrian <laughs> oh, Odyssey, all the bravest. Uh. <sighs> The Record Keeper is actually good, apparently. Like, Record Keeper has an actual game to it, unlike all the brains, which is a rubbing <laughs> your screen simulator. Uh, it's like, let's make a concept and try to make money off of it. Yeah. And then totally ruin it. <laughs> all the bravest. We've got all of these sprites here, and they're not doing anything. More like so all the boldest of Square oh. to do. 
But what if we could have them pay to be able to rub them really? <laughs> we have all these sprites, and they're not making us nearly enough money. <laughs> these sprites aren't doing jack. <laughs> uh, get ready for Final Fantasy. Like, do we have a Mobius Final Fantasy English release date? Is that even no. happening? <laughs> I think there, it will happen. It's just there's nothing yet. Yeah, I'm just kind of surprised. I, I always assume that it's been announced, and then like look it up, and it's like, no, it still hasn't been announced. Isn't there also like another Final Fantasy game for the mobile? Uh, there's Type Zero something or other. Agito. Uh, it's it's not Agito precisely, although there is Agito as well. But Final Fantasy Agito is shut down. I think it underperformed. There's uh there's like type zero chapters or whatever. Let's see. Yeah, type zero online. Let's see. Japanese and Western journalists were positive at its release. In August twenty fifteen it was announced the game could not continue in its current form and would be replaced by a new version. Planned versions for the Vita and Windows devices were scrapped, along with an announced localization. Its successor is an online multiplayer game, Final Fantasy Type Zero Online. Hmm. I think there's even one more different to that. It was made more like an anime version. And yeah, then Mobius is like the realistic one. Oh, man. Oh, they did the Tales of Hearts thing, is what you're saying. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not that. It's just... Is it Brave have I have no idea games. what Brave is. Oh, Tales of Hearts. But, yeah, so are you thinking of Final Fantasy Brave Exvius? Because I have no idea what that game yeah. is. That might be it. Like, I've seen the name, and I'm like, I'm not even sure if that's really a game. It's a turn-based RPG using elements from the Final Fantasies franchise, as well as those of Brave Frontier. Yeah, I'm not going to glean much from this Wikipedia article. <laughs> up later. But at least it's... As long as they never do all the Bravest 2, we're fine. Hey, was that Final Fantasy Tactics mobile game ever made in English? Oh, it feels like it should have happened. That was like I, nearly a year ago, too. I, swear, I feel like I... Oh, are you thinking of the, the play deck thing that was the Kickstarter? No. Or are you thinking of an actual Final Fantasy Tactics? An actual Tactics game. Okay, then... Yeah, I was, I was thinking of the thing where like they made a Kickstarter with a big belly who of oh Yasumi Matsuno is working on it and then it's like oh we're making a PvP like MOBA gay. It's basically that. <laughs> and it's like oh thanks guys. And then like basically <laughs> they just announced we're going into liquidation and no video game will be coming out. <laughs> oh so that's what happened. Oh, but yeah like that was like that was one of those things where I could kind of see it coming because like uh, when it first happened, like people translating Yasumi Matsuno's like Twitter were like, "Oh yeah, I did some concept work for this, and that's my involvement." <laughs> and it was like, "Oh, this is—they're misrepresenting that, and we're already in trouble." Uh, I'm still anxious about what the Capcom's going to do with Breath of Fire Six. It's like oh, it's probably going to suck, but I still want to see it in English just to know that I Capcom has surprised about if it. Try it. But I don't so, remember. I mean, they are going to bring it to PC, so there's at least hope on that front. There has to be some sort of meat on those bones. I heard it's not that 
bad, actually. It's just it's probably fine for what it is. <laughs> it's like I wanted a Dragon Quarter 2. Yeah. Yeah. Or Dragon Quarter. That was a that was a good choice. It's got some nice art. Mm, Dragon Quarter. But yeah, 6 is probably fine for what it is. It's just not what people who wanted Breath of Fire 6 wanted. Yeah. That's one of those things where, like, Isn't... tying back to, like, one of our first questions where, like, the name did the opposite. It damaged the name rather than anything. It wasn't Dragon Quarter 2. Wouldn't that be Dragon Half? <laughs> what wasn't Dragon Quarter 2? Uh, uh, Breath, Breath of Fire 6. <laughs> oh, yeah. Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter Stop 2 the game is called Dead it, Rising. But it might still be fun. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter 2 is called Dead Rising. <laughs> they share a remarkable amount of staff, which is to say they share any at all. And basically are both built around the scenario overlay system. It's very strange. <sighs> well, one's more survival horror, and the other one's more just kill everything and try not to die. Yeah. And ironically, the one that's more survival horror is Breath of Fire. <laughs> you have to be worrying about your ink ribbons, a.k.a. Uh, in actuality, they're like save tokens. But... <laughs> Uh, I almost beat my first run of that game, but that's I got to the point. impressive. Yeah, yeah I, I got to the part where where I had to fight my rival, and I got to like two other bosses, maybe two or three other bosses out there, and I had to just give up at that point because I couldn't carry on. Scenario but I was able to beat it the second time through. That's really impressive. Like you're not because, because uh, I had a really really good sword. Uh, I remember being like confused as to like, okay, what is just, party XP I, and how do I do this? Yeah, I just <laughs> hoarded all my party XP. Yeah, like hoarding your party XP is, I think, how the game wants you to play it. Like, you hoard it for the next playthrough and then, like, you spend it all and then you hoard it until the next playthrough, but you'll get further because you had all that party XP to start with. But, and then, of course, you, you try for better dragon rank rankings. It's, it's a very unique, strange little game. It was too beautiful and too crazy for this world. Yeah. Too weird to live, too rare to die. Kirsty Wall! <laughs> I played it when it was new. I didn't know anyone else that did at the time. Yeah, I didn't either. I hey, I played it. I, yeah, take that. <laughs> now I'm remembering that time you tweeted angrily at Shane Battenhausen about his review of it. Oh my god, that's right. And he I, had to, like, I had to actually transcribe it because neither, like, you hadn't read it and he didn't remember how he'd reviewed it. Yeah, he's still totally wrong. <laughs> totally. Uh... All right, let's shall we? Let's, let's wrap up this rambling mess with show. <laughs> it's a fruit roll up. Oh. oh, what the heck? I'm sorry, scrolling through Twitter and someone had a video of uh, from Panzer Dragon Saga. Random but awesome. I've been uh, working on PS2 emulation. I haven't even sat down and worked out Saturn emulation. Yeah. Uh, the one game I got to play for my Saturn emulator was probably Shining in the Holy Ark. 
Like play, playing, uh, playing. I think Shining Force Three might work too. It does. <laughs> but uh, play, playing anything on PS2 emulation is okay. Go to the PCSX2 wiki and read down the list of various speed hacks you might attempt on it. Well, Shining Force Three works, and Dark Savior probably works. Oh man, oh, Dark Savior! Savior. <laughs> Dark Savior's so weird that I have to and try Legend it. Legend of Oasis too. Oh, Legend of Oasis. I just want I like I want that. I want Panzer Dragoon Saga and I'll Panzer basically Dragoon be a happy two. man. Because I could play two. one on Porta. Awesome. Yeah, Panzer Dragoon Order is much cheaper than I expected and works on the three sixty. So you can also have the experience of playing Panzer Dragoon in uh emulated for the Xbox on Panzer Dragoon Order, emulated on your three sixty to play Panzer Dragoon Order. <laughs> <laughs> And then you're. Then I'm looking forward to uh, when Xbox Original Originals becomes a thing for uh, pan, for <laughs> Xbox oh, One, I'm... and then I can play emulating. Ah, oh, sweet! I can uh, triple emulation order on my uh, Xbox One, which it's, is emulating the 360 emulation. emulation of the original <laughs> Xbox. That's got it. That's got to happen now. Someone's really gonna make want... that happen. <laughs> that's a dangerous idea. Yeah, but. But first, if they're going to do some Sega games, I need me some Resonance of Fate. Oh, and here I thought you were going to say Gun Valkyrie. No. Or, or um, Lost Odyssey. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. specifically that, speaking of Sega. On the Blue Dragon on there. I don't care. Yeah. We need uh, more Trinity. <laughs> well, uh, I, I think they might be still... I don't, I don't think there's any double disc or multiple disc games that are compatible yet because they've got Mass Effect 1 but not 2 or 3 mm. so my guess is they might still be working on that I guess that also includes Lords of Shadow 2 I think oh yeah they actually mentioned that they the were having the version of that game is 2 discs I think the, I think the original was 2 discs as well mm. I think I think Lords of Shadow 2 is actually only 1 disc on 360 it's Lords of Shadow 1 that's 2 discs oh. really? Uh, like Lords of I Shadow Two doesn't. Lords of Shadow Two isn't anywhere near as long, which helps. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, it, which may sound like a bad thing. But it's, no, it's a it's, good thing. It's not. That, sort of it's genre, not. that genre cannot sustain itself for twenty-five hours. Yeah. And, Hell, I thought I thought um, fourteen hours with God of War Three was too long. <laughs> yeah. I still can't believe that Sony released God of War Three just, you know, here Ultra HD on your PS4 so by itself. Live in that game. I still wasn't done by the time my stream was supposed to end. <laughs> like I, I, I feel like, I feel like the ideal length for a uh, like fast action game is like six to ten hours. So whatever. So the length of uh, Devil any given platinum game. Devil May Cry. <laughs> Devil May the, Cry. The any latest given one. Plat- uh, yeah, um, Bayonetta, Bayonetta 2. Yeah. Oh man, that's such a good package, I love those games. Go play really Bayonetta. It's not an RPG, go play it. <laughs> Bayonetta 2 is so much better than 1, visually. Two. Yeah, you yes. do You do definitely want to play Bayonetta 1 first, just so that like, you can play it before going on to Bayonetta 2 and not being able to play Bayonetta 1 anymore. <laughs> It's like, yeah, this game's so ugly, but I I kind of don't want to play it anymore because the mechanics are actually archaic and it looks archaic. It's a little older, a little bit older, a little yeah. not as good. 
But, it's like everything's hey. brown and gray. <laughs> yeah, the like Bayonetta two has a lot more like blues mixed into its color, which is really nice. Such a good game. Bayonetta, you mystery. I think I think the parts I hate about Bayonetta one the most though are probably with the you die instantly unless you do this. Yeah, the QTEs were a very of their time idea. Uh, <laughs> I think my favorite thing was like when it's like uh, they exist in two, but they're there to like help you get combos and stuff. Yeah, like you don't die if you fail them immediately. But uh, I think my favorite thing in Bayonetta, any of them, might be like, like not really in Bayonetta, but related, was like the the point where like someone asked. Uh, Hideki Kamiya on his Twitter about the various versions of Space Harrier and he just nerded out on like well this port's good but this port's garbage and don't play this version but this version's better than you think like I w- Space I want Harrier to is like play... a freaking favorite game which is why there's a Space Harrier section in Bayonetta <laughs> I want to let's play uh, the Wonderful 101 but I'm worried that when I get to the sections where the game forces you to use a gamepad screen that oh, I'll that's like people. really hard to translate <laughs> cause like, cause like yeah, the people can't look at your screen capture data on your gamepad. Yeah, I think my I'm favorite... not going to do the cheesy thing of doing an extra recording, doing a PNP. Yeah, I think like I do have a good story. Like my last video game signing story is actually about Wonderful One Hundred One. Oh just yeah, I remember like, this. <laughs> yeah, like, like the first, I got invited to the first packs I went to. Like a friend was like, "Hey, I've got some spare tickets. You want to come along?" And it, was, and it was like, oh, they'll be selling 101 copies of The Wonderful 101 a couple of weeks early, and you can get them signed by Hideki Kamiya. And so, like, I'm playing board games with someone, and, and like, my friend is across, like, the entire, entire length of the convention. And he's like, he calls me on my phone, and he's like, dude, I don't, I don't have time to explain. You come here as fast as you can. <laughs> So I sprint across, like, the entire Seattle Convention Center, and I get there, and they're just closing down. My friend has spotted me the money and bought an extra copy for me, and then, like, I get there, and I'm wheezing and sweating horribly, and, like, Kami just (laughs) sort of rolls with it, and, like, the English-speaking person that's manning the booth is like, is he a fan? And it's just like, I got a picture with Hideki Kamiya and a signed copy of uh, Wonderful 101, and it was basically the best way that that day could have gone. Nice. Those are, I, I hope to have at least one terrible signing story of every PAX I have <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. Wonderful 101, it's great. Go play Platinum Games. Go pick up that Ninja Turtles game. Play it with me and Wales when that comes out. Mm. Uh, PS4, right? Sure. Yep. We'll get that version. Yeah, I got other. Okay. I do have one, but I'm running out of room on my PS4 though, so who knows? Yeah. I don't. Whatever. Whatever people get it for, we'll play it all together. It's turtles. Delete anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Currently playing. <laughs> now I'm thinking back to that to the question about preserving old games, and I'm remembering that awful, awful, awful 3D remake of Turtles in Time that uh, got delisted from Xbox Live Arcade. I still have it on my 360. <laughs> That's a that is a rare piece of uh, that is a and lost piece of art. This was arcade game that they fucked up the audio on because it's too low. Yeah, they screwed up the audio, but at the very least, it was at least it was novel at the time because it was online multiplayer Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the arcade game. X Men and Simpsons too. Oh man, X Men! 
Yeah, get together, play six, uh, play six players, and listen to Magneto scream at you that you're an ex chicken, <laughs> and then you welcome to dies. Welcome to die. I am Magneto, master of magnet. Or Cyclops yelling, I mean not Cyclops, uh, you know Colossus. Yeah, Colossus. That Simpsons game's super weird too, because it's like. Smithers the jewel thief <laughs> and burns in a giant mech suit. That no, that makes sense. <laughs> Smithers the jewel thief is really the confusing part of that sentence. Uh that's that's a super weird game. Also just weird life in hell references in that. Like it was made by people that put a surprising amount of care into the Matt Graining oeuvre. Yeah, more I could say that the Simpsons movie did. I don't want to think about it. Let's finish. We, we've been <laughs> rambling yeah. for so long, and I'm so sad now. <laughs> All right. If you have a, if you have any questions, uh, you can send them to wheels at rpgamer.com. Put them on the forums, which is every, just what everyone's doing these days. That's what the hip cool. kids are doing. Yeah, that's what the hipster kids are doing. Check because that's where put everyone puts them. But you can also add us on Twitter. Yeah, I'm at I'm Ask Wheels. Dave is Fanboy Master. Eric is Eric RPG. And he's welcome back anytime. <laughs> absolutely. Um, anybody have any other final thoughts? Um, try not to eat too much discounted Easter candy. That's good advice. If you can get through get Easter without getting diabetes, it's good. And you'll feel sick, maybe. Depends on how okay. high the stomach you have. <laughs> um, Michelangelo is a party dude. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I gotta make sure I don't overeat when I go to my sister's house for Easter. <laughs> I'm not Christian, but they all are, so I have to join them. Well, as long as you can be polite about it. And eat candy. Yeah. They give you candy in return for you being polite about it. <laughs> the healthy system. Uh, that's how Christmas works. Yeah. Except it's not always candy on Christmas. That's food mostly, though. Yeah, mostly. All right. feel sick. It's like Thanksgiving all over again. <laughs> Thanksgiving 2, Revenge of Red and Green. Red and Green. Hmm. I'm oh, sorry, I was thinking of guacamole and salsa. Mm. Oh, that's good times. Candy. Mm. Guacamole. Well, I'm going to go have a burrito. Good night, everybody. Are you going to have a candy on a burrito? Yeah, why not? <laughs> I feel like you're going cinnamon. to food hell. <laughs> One of the cinnamon candies. <laughs> that's fair, I guess. Right. I could give it spice. Fooly Cooly Season 2 and 3? Yeah. Oh, God, what? I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing yet. That Like, that's all going to be in the execution, but, like, they're going to have to win me over on that one. Yeah. Especially since it was commissioned by William Street itself. Yeah, like, it was... Like, it, everyone knew it was coming because Production IG bought the rights to it. But... Yeah, that's and the fir- in the first second se- or the second season rather is it sounds like a soft reboot. So it's like yeah, 
Maybe you should have made an original story. <laughs> yeah, like, I feel like Cooley Cooley kind of lives and dies by being weird, inexplicable, and do- not trying to explain itself. Like, like you... it supposedly takes place years later, but uh, Haruko's back at wherever, and now it's a new female student instead of a male one. Yeah, it's just like that. Okay. Like, I feel like retreading old ground in any capacity is against its own spirit, so like, they're going to have to win me over on this one. <laughs> as long they as told it, us not to do the manga As long as it starts out that way, but it like becomes something completely different by the end, then I'll be okay with it. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. They told us not to do the manga thing again after the first episode because it was so expensive. <sighs> well, we'll always have the first season. If and the be. best thing about the first season was the random South Park animation. That was so weird. It's fantastic. <laughs> did they uh, really hire them to do that? Or did they just imitate the style? I think they just imitated the style. Because, like, the, the people that animated that went on to do things that had a lot of, like, Western animation-style influences. Mm. So I think they just thought it was funny, so... <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Alright, I'm ending this show. Peace out. Peace out, Earth. I got a new hope. You are walking on